Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benna. I'm JP. And I'm Gareth. And Gareth's back, which must mean it's an, uh, it's an AW pay-per-view. We get the, uh, the big guns in uh, for that one, and we've, we tied that Gareth down and make him watch seven hours of, uh, of Tony Khan uh, homework, as is tradition, <laughs> on the day of these, uh, these shows. Good to have you back, Gareth. How's things? Yeah, spawn, spawn, all good. It's uh, been a bit of a race there. Uh, it's a bit weird, like watching wrestling when you're like against the clock kind of thing. To, uh, just, uh, as opposed to just <laughs> sitting back and enjoying it in your own time, but uh, managed to just yeah. sneak it in, got it in there, down to the minute. And, uh, but yeah, no, good to good to be uh, on again. Always, uh, always good to come and chat these pay per views. This is what see. This is the thing. Anyone listening to time at the weekend won't have missed you because you've, uh, you've you've been all over the feed uh, this weekend, as we all have. We've uh, we might have squashed you in a little bit. We've got a, uh, a lot of stuff uh, got going up. But I just saying in the pre-show there, it's like it's like uh, it's past Gareth that though. Like that, I think that one was recorded about a month ago. So I don't know if you remember anything uh, you said. That one is. Uh, I'm sure people are uh, currently working their way through that. I was saying I was well, I was half cut anyway. Well, I was more than half cut. I think when I was recording, so, this is becoming a part of this. Should we be worried? Yeah, it is, isn't it? I was going to say I'm starting to. Uh, <laughs> you get to the drink to podcast with You just you're going to start pretending that there's been an AEW pay per view or some yeah. like Bret Hart mixtape, and it's it's actually just going to be an intervention or something like that, isn't it? Where you just uh, like uh, get me uh, get me on there, but uh, let's get a serenity prayer. Come on, mate. <laughs> but it was um, I don't know. It feels like we re- when did we record that? Was it about three weeks ago? It it was. Like, I can barely remember shit that we talked about. So, it's taken uh, that it, long for JP to to to, uh, to fight the dragon that is YouTube uh, YouTube's monetization policy and uh, and ad policy and all of the, basically YouTube just being cunts um, has, has been the issue, hasn't it, the, uh, the last few weeks on that one? Oh, <laughs> apart from Brookside. It's work, mate. It's all right. Yeah. If you want to do a Brookside podcast, uh, like video review show, crack on. Mm. There's no issue mm. with any of that whatsoever. That old okay. Corey, like all sorts. <laughs> Janice Batten, we spoke about. She was in it and then Matty had pointed out she was something like crazily young at the time. <laughs> That was the when I listened to that, I love that because that I remember that like kickoff at the time when it was like the papers being like, oh, they're bringing in like a count, you know, a council house kind of like poor family into the, into this like the soap, and it was like this big deal, wasn't it? It's like, hang on, haven't as any standards had like Bianca and all that like this entire time, like otherwise that was like the, the clampets are coming type of thing, wasn't it? It was like that oh, they're, they're going for the lowest common denominator now. Uh, that's my memory of it of May two thousand. Can I can I introduce like Jack and Vera Duckworth to them then in that case? What were they? <laughs> Upper middle class, were they? Oh, she, 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 she was related to the royals in, in storyline, in canon, which wasn't really. She thought she was. Was that Terry <laughs> was that Terry doing his bullshit again? He was always a that Terry Duckworth, wasn't he? <laughs> what else this is covering that one i'm trying to think like i love the there's a big the, the, the sports section was fun like the the music section once jp got us like his work like done with that one i very much enjoyed i love the uh oxide neutrino getting a getting a, a play i'm still a fan they're playing in it in southport in a, a couple of weeks uh gareth if you uh, oh. fancy coming along we can go watch uh, the entire so solid crew um, but like, yeah, was, uh, <laughs> it's an important year for me that the year the year 2000 Oh, it was. I mean, with that, that I think it was the. Um, I, th- I think it was the the telly stuff that I enjoyed the most about that. Like, I just think just ha- just having those just random, just picking those like random soap operas 
from for that time. I mean, that episode of Brookside, that was the one thing that kind of like really just stick my head strong from that episode because literally nothing happens to it for half an hour. And it's yeah. just like, this is going out on air to like, what, 10 million people, 15 million people probably at the time Honestly. or something like that. And it's just like, literally someone's just wrote it in a minute on the back of a fag packet or something like that. And just like, yeah, go on, get, get yourselves to Spain or wherever, wherever they were. Benedol. Benedol. <laughs> Then they go to here as well. Yeah, my favorite thing was when it, I think it was Ian who put it on Twitter. Like, you were having like, because Liam's like, Liam's your man when it comes to music. Like, you're up, but Liam knows his stuff. No, that's the genre, you know, like, knows all his early 90s hip hop stuff, knows all of us, like pretty much everything really as far as music goes and you are having like this really like intense conversation about like you know what makes like you know you're talking about like the, the difference between like when you know when nirvana came around and when like the difference of like you know limp biscuit being like you know fucking gobshite rock and stuff like that and you're having yeah. like this really like music stuff conversation and then matthew just pipes up and goes i think hybrid theory is the best album of all time but <laughs> 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 that's matthew all over he's got like no apprehension no like i should probably just like you know go along with this highbrow conversation that's happening he likes lincoln park so he wants to talk about lincoln park it's just i love that like that clash of cultures there that's going on in the chat that is something that i do remember is like is that where i'm talking about that whole like uh, that time and like lincoln park coming in and all that new metal and we just treated it as a bit of a joke and not serious and just like <laughs> like yeah. my, i could just tell in my voice he wasn't happy he wasn't having that <laughs> He was the real stuff to him. Oh god, yeah. Like he it, find someone who loves you like the same way Matty loves new metal. Honestly, he is like if there's a genre, he is all over it. Is that we can't turn our nose apart? We're wrestling fans, aren't we? At the end of the day, like oh. wrestling is like the new metal of sport, isn't it? Like, yeah. <laughs> how do you defend it? Oh, it's this highbrow thing. You you don't understand. CM Punk put this headlock on, and it was a nod to the fight he put a headlock on 19 years ago. It's uh it's deep, it's like no. Your relatives and your mates are just like you're watching that shite off the telly, that fake wrestling <laughs> stuff. That's new metal, it's the same thing. Trashy bro culture. <laughs> that's what we. I mean, are we, we like? We can to the wider world, are we just like a group of insane clown posse fans, and they just look at us <laughs> like we're different fucking human beings all together? And instead of like we like, it's just the equivalent. They just look at us and go like, <sighs> but they never do that for other forms of music, do they? Just go like, you know, this Star Wars stuff isn't real. I'll always come back. I'll always come back. And just wait for that person to say that and just go, are you mental? <laughs> oh, well, I was going to say as well, obviously, speaking of Matty, we've got um, a show coming up on the on the feed this week with me and uh, JP. Record. We've been very busy over the weekend recorded uh, the evolution, um, deep cup slash timeline slash story of. We're, uh, we're still trying to nail down uh, that name. Uh, I think it's story of when Matty's in charge. I think that's what we've... Uh, we figured out capital letters story. We did uh, we did on the uh, the full shirts and, uh, and sunglasses for that one, didn't we, JP? We got yeah. it for the video viewers that in for a treat as we uh, revisited our speaking of the year 2000, our like 2002, 2003 selves, at least for me and Matty. Um, back, in, back in the day when you had to wear a shirt and shoes to go out and tan, I remember them days. You're saying that it's like that was the that was always the thing. It was like you try and get into like like a nice bar or, or, or even a club or something like that, and they wouldn't let you in if you were, if you were wearing like a pair of trainers and like, the, the, but like. If you wore like 
your, your best school pants and your best school, like your best like shoes that you used to wear, like when you were sixteen in in, uh, in year eleven, uh, they let you in, despite the fact that most of the gobshite who caused the trouble probably dressed like that. Um, but <laughs> that was the time period we were covering. So we were, uh, we me and Matthew were taking our uh, our, fa- our fashion cues from Randy Orton. I'm guessing you were in that group, uh, Gareth. Oh, no, hundred percent not. That was uh, <laughs> that was those, that, that was in those uh, scouse areas of town that we didn't venture into. We stayed in the <laughs> student, Germans, yeah, yeah. We stayed in the student uh, grubby places where uh, you could uh, fortunately baggy jeans, fortunately get away with your uh, yeah your, your boot cut jeans and your uh, <laughs> and your <laughs> and your trainers uh, back in the, back in the day. But, oh. uh, like uh, it was it was one of those. It'd be like sugar to Matthew Street. Nah, everyone's gonna have a fucking. You know, have the school pants on, and you know, a pair of brogues and a fucking, you know, different, a different color version of the identical same shirt that every, like every single lad's wearing the exact same shirt, but slightly different color. Not my cup of tea. I, I once didn't get into the crazy house in town, which is like the famous like rock club we always talk about, anyway, because I wasn't dressed well enough. So that probably tells you something about like my like quote unquote student days when I was eighteen, nineteen. I had a, I had a pair of jeans on that had like a stripe down the side. So a bit like like, like you, you'd see like new metal guys kind of wearing. That's what I was going for in the ah, day. Didn't back in the day. I know, I know. But you don't get that anymore. You can turn up in a Winnie the Pooh onesie and you're fine. And <laughs> yeah. I'm fucking bats uh, like I'm fucking eyelid <laughs> at you at this stage. The hoops they made us jump to to get into a club. Oh, well, I, I had the reverse situation of that because, like, on my stag do, we went to York races and then so you had to wear a suit, obviously, for the races and that. And then we came back into town, like, we got a we got a coach back from York to town. And then we, I was taking everyone to my favourite bar in town. I can't even remember what it was called now, but it was proper, like, just a little dive place. And they wouldn't let us in because we were too smart. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> <laughs> you look like businessman or something. I just thought we were just a big gang, big gang of probably, you know, just like... <laughs> Yeah, I was just like, oh come on, it's like my fa- it's my stag do, it's my favourite bar. They were like, nah, you're not coming in no. too smart. You're bringing the uh, bringing the tone up. I was like, oh god. You <laughs> oh, were saying this on like on Matty Stag, literally like there was like me, Gary, like and a couple of the others were like, oh, don't know, you know, we're we gonna get in with that. Like, should we bring some shoes? I was like, I was like, lads, it's not 1999. <laughs> you can literally like say Logan Paul is the height of fashion these days. All the uh, all the YouTubers and stuff that got big in the pandemic, you just go out in sweatpants and a pair of shorts and flip flops. You're getting anywhere now. Doesn't matter, yeah. you know. <laughs> it's it's not a thing anymore. But we've got it hardwired in our brain from growing up in the early 2000s that it's somehow gonna just uh, go out in ta- any city center and just open your eyes and look around. No one gives a fuck anymore. <laughs> no, I mean, like people have got like going out t shirts and round the house t shirts. That's the distinction now between like do you not think, like, do you not think, though, in like in the late 90s, early 2000s, the bastometer of mm. like bouncers was like up to fucking 11? Oh, and these days, it, yeah. they're, having let, they're having to let shit go, aren't they? Mm. Are they are they still ourselves? I don't know. Like the no, likelihood of me town, visiting clubs is incredibly remote. It might just be Liverpool, but like because everything's never really fully recovered from like the pandemic. I've never seen like Friday and Saturday in town's nowhere what it used to be. Like they just want people at this point. So like yeah. yeah. Dylan says here, yeah, you still get like the girls dressing up and stuff like that. It's the same when like yeah, you go to the races here and stuff like that. That's kind of a, a known oh, yeah. thing, but as a man, get away with it. Wear whatever you wear, whatever you want. But no, we 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 took the uh, the trip back to uh, to two thousand two, two thousand three. When uh, me and Matty would have the uh, the evolution theme playing in the background as we got our uh, our Ben Sherman on, or as you'll hear me talk about on the podcast, my uh, my Armani shirt that I spent about eighty ninety pound on at, uh, at Wade Smith in Liverpool that I'd uh, 
that I'm, I, I don't know what I spent like an hour doing, just putting it up and taking it off and then putting it back up again in front of a mirror while uh, lining the stamp in the background. But it was in it. <laughs> <laughs> that was my youth. Gareth was Gareth, JP was giving us the same look you're uh, giving us now, uh, what we were, <laughs> what, what us kids were up to. How much is that same shirt in River Island or Burton? <laughs> That's the George question you ask yourself as now. As the judge, <laughs> as the judge. yeah, <laughs> you sorted. Uh, but yeah, you'll hear, hear all of that on the. Uh, don't, on the don't, uh, don't worry, I, I was I was probably uh, at the same age. I was probably uh, strutting up and down my um, bedroom with my dressing gown on, pretending I was Rick Rude. You know, so <laughs> thank you. you know, it's just... <laughs> Who was having a better time though? <laughs> I'm glad you said Rick Rude as well, not Rick Flair. When it comes yeah, to yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> important <laughs> distinction. Uh, but yeah, obviously that that's all up. And yeah, the the other one, I suppose, we should quickly mention just because mm. we've got Gareth on. Uh, if anyone hasn't listened to it, still the uh, I would say as JP said, critically acclaimed um, Punk and the, <laughs> and Joe series uh, episode that's up. That was a a cracker of a, a recording. Uh, I'll, I'll say it again, Gareth and uh, and James. If you ever want to hear like match breakdown, the best I think I've heard anywhere and I'll say that as like I know I know I'm biased but people are telling us that you know in the discords and stuff like that so yeah very proud of that one Gareth and it was a yeah great uh, great trip down memory lane for me and just a great way to uh to introduce you to the uh the three matches and uh make you a fully formed robot oh I mean I, I haven't been on have I since we recorded that like mm-hmm. literally that was like <laughs> As like for me, as as good as it gets, you know. Like I was saying, like I, w- I went to bed after we recorded that, and I was just like lying in bed, and I was just like buzzing. I was absolutely buzzing. I just could not sleep because I just enjoyed it so much. Like not just the matches, just the whole debate that we'd had, learning stuff. Where you know, like me and JP are firing questions at you and Jamesy from like back in the te- back in the day, and just like learning, mm-hmm. you know, fill it, you know, filling in some of the blanks. But then obviously getting the chance to just get into the weeds a little bit, like with me and Jamesy just going through stuff, doing, you know, that side of things that, you know, like I I really enjoy. And like, Mm. it was one of them where you just came away and at the end I was just like, fucking hell, I'm I'm like proud of that. That was like, that was really, that was really good. It's one of those where you you sort of, you don't want to feel like it's like, yeah, if I do say so myself kind of thing, but it fucking was. And I tell you what, it's it's five pounds, five quid, get on the Patreon and just, just one five pound, one month, listen to that episode. Uh, It's the, it's the, what is it? Not even a point, mate. Opus Magnus or whatever, whatever it is, the greatest, uh, the the greatest hour or sort of thing that you've uh, recorded. But oh, definitely, I was, uh, I was buzzing off that and, it still blows my mind, Benno, that you give a shit about what I think about any wrestling match when you like say that at the start. Like you're like delighted. Oh yeah, Gareth, I need that validation. I'm really interested. I want Gareth to like it. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm just, just blows my mind that you give a fuck what I think about it. <laughs> you're just a hard man to please, you know. And it's like this to me. That's it's the peak of in ring. Uh, well, not the peak of in ring wrestling, but the peak of in ring wrestling in my life uh, time, or at least that I felt passionately about. And I think I just want that validation that it actually was good. And uh, I get that from you and obviously James you revisit uh, I get it from Crewy in real life as well I was out with him on Friday and he'd, uh, he'd love the podcast that was my second bit of validation that he enjoyed the uh, the match breakdown of it and stuff as well but yeah if you're into that type of stuff when it comes to like the minutiae of uh, of matches and the story they told over those three definitely uh, get the Patreon and, uh, and listen to that but yeah um, 
hell of a time and it won't be the last we've got a i'm gonna have to make some kind of category for all our retro roh content at some point on there i need to uh to pay a mm. guy to uh to catalog it all for us as we uh we move forward special k the uh the deep cutters uh is coming next Gareth. i don't i don't know if you'll uh you'd be as into that but <laughs> there's other ways other places and ways we can go definitely only, only if it's a, an episode about cereal then i'm fucking all <laughs> wow <laughs> i don't know mate oh you have to put sugar on that fucking special k to make it kind of Do you reckon edible, i don't know but, but... well it's Pointless exercise once you've done that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I don't, the little frozen raspberries in there. That one, yeah, big, nice big fan of that one. Like, yeah, yeah, I like to. I've been wiping your ass with tenors in your house, Gareth, because that wasn't big. <laughs> 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 always adds to it doesn't it but there you go yeah patreon.com slash grapple obviously I got the uh, the weekend show as well where we uh, previewed the pay-per-view we're about to talk about and, uh, and got into Dynamite as well which I imagine we're going to have uh, much time for today it's very much going to be a, uh, a Forbidden Door uh, special um, this podcast as we uh, we get into it but before we do as we always do Gareth yeah we love getting you on and getting the uh, little uh, catch up um, did you manage to get the uh, all of your Dynamites and your collisions in never mind your, your seven hours homework we uh we gave you today. You had two weeks of collision to uh, to add to your plates as well. Today. I did. <laughs> you, you, you're never coming out again. Are you? Streak though, because uh, now you've uh, you, you've possibly broken the streak because I've still never missed an episode of like Dynamite or Rampage kind of thing. But then I did skip. I did skip Rampage to because I had whatever I had six hours to play with, so I had to watch Collision and then I had to watch um, watch the pay, pay, pay per view. So I've not watched not watched Rampage, and I'm now like. Is there a reason for me to go back? Am I, am I really going to go back and watch this episode of Rampage? That maybe maybe broken it, and maybe which uh, could be dangerous. Not like it was good this week. Collision, honest, that's what happened to me. Collision started, and I was ten minutes in, and I was like, "Oh fuck, Rampage!" Like that's already happened. Not that I'm massively like not that Rampage is appointment viewing for me. I've definitely skipped weeks, but I usually. Usually catch it up with me breakfast on like a Saturday at like four in the afternoon, or you know, like a when I do me a little SmackDown block in the uh, over the weekend. Like that's usually my kind of routine. Didn't even consider it this week with like the uh, the amount of stuff uh, going on. But I don't know what, what have you made the collision, Gareth? What have you, uh, what, is it a worthy uh, additional? Uh, obviously, we're not going to go through the the match by match. We're going to get into Forbidden Door, but like, is it a worthy uh, addition to your your weeks at the minute? Don't know. Week one, I was like. I don't know. You're watching it because CM Punk's on it, aren't you? Like, that was the exciting mm-hmm. thing that, 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 that there was about it. And I was kind of just left... I, I, last week, um, I don't know, it just left me a bit cold the first week. I was a bit like, mm, I don't know, it seemed to drag a bit. There wasn't, like, stuff on there that made me... That, well, like, had me hanging to watch it, like, the following week and stuff. There wasn't much, like... There wasn't something there to just be like, oh, can't wait to watch that again next Saturday to see what happens mm-hmm. with X, Y, or Z. There just there was none of that really. So and then that main event just like really just felt like slow and dragged out to me as well. So I kind of come away from it just being a bit like, yeah, great to see Punk. Like, but mm-hmm. really, do I need another? You know, it was just dynamite again, like to me last week sort of thing. It just felt, do I need another two hours of dynamite? It was like four hour episode of dynamite in the same way that you get tired of a three hour episode of Raw or something like that, just like tagged on the end. So I wasn't. Uh, wasn't like overly kind of like uh, positive about it. Um, but then, um, I don't know, it was weird because this week, maybe it was just because of the mood I had like going into this week's, but I just totally forgot it was on and I felt like there was no buzz or hype for it either. Like even on like social media and stuff, I didn't feel like anyone was talking about it. And I actually had to go on to the AEW Twitter feed to see, is is there actually a collision on today or are they not doing it because of like Forbidden Door? <laughs> like just to check, like sort of thing. So mm. I thought that was quite telling in a way that they, that it just, 
didn't seem to cover over. But I just I thought like this week I'd enjoyed it more, even though I'd just like mm. kind of watched it today. It just felt like it had a bit more pace about it this this week, a bit more I don't know, a bit more just a bit more tempo going on with it and things. It felt like they just like tweaked a couple of small things that were maybe just made it a bit, you know, it sort of stood out and felt a bit more different this week. So I did, mm. uh, I, I did enjoy more this week, but I think again, did it leave me thinking like, this is this unique standalone program that's worthy of an additional two hours of my time on a weekly basis that's and things thing. like that. It just was just like, no, no, it's just more of the same with the slightly different graphics and things, things like that. Really. Well, that was, uh, the thing this week it was like without you know we'll get into the minutiae of it but like the draw for me this week was like because it was it was sandwiched in the middle of an already busy weekend i was like well at least there's tanahashi strickland oh and it'll be interesting to find out who sting's partner was because i was still fantasy booking it being goldberg in my head and then they did those two segments first up and then even at me as the big cm punk guy as much as i enjoyed like the the cold open with the the punk and the lad survivor series style promo was just like Right, so what am I paying attention for the next hour and a half for? Am I just waiting for waiting for a multi-man tag, which doesn't feel like a draw? Now, in execution, I did actually love that match, so I came away from it going, okay, yeah, I should have been more more excited for what they gave me there than I was. But I think that the biggest thing with collisions, just it is, it's literally that. It's the punk factor, isn't it? Because you take him out of that, and obviously me and you are like the, the biggest punk fans here, Gareth, like... That show, like, I very much worry about it. It's, it's enjoyable, functional wrestling. It's I prefer the pacing of it compared to, compared to time. Right? It's a bit more slowed down, and you do seems like they've got more time for replays to let things breathe. It just feels a bit more of a grown up wrestling presentation, like they're doing, you know, even showing like shots of the outside of the arena and things like that. You know, there's these little things that you hear knobhead podcasters like us constantly moan about. Nothing breathes. You don't get replays. You don't get a, a different presentation. They're doing those little things, so I'm appreciating that. But at the same time, you take punk out of that. I'm like, fuck, am I watching that every Saturday? I'm not sure if I am. Um, that's where they, that's where they are at the minute, because that's the thing. Punk's the only headliner on there. Like he's doing a great job getting like, you know, Ricky Starks look really good this week. I think Jay White has had the best two weeks he's had in his entire AW run um to this point uh, on that show. Even Juice Robinson's kind of winning me over a little bit as long as yeah, he continues yeah. to be the one B to Jay White's one A in that partnership. So they're building people up, but they're gonna have to, because like Punk's the only drawer on that show right now. And what was weird was obviously him turning up on Dynamite as well, because I just thought he wasn't going to be on Dynamite yeah. at all. And then when you look at some some of the crossover that there's been already between both shows, like in my mind, I thought it was going to be this standalone isolation product, but like mm. clearly not kind of thing. So it is, you know, even by by design, it's already like two weeks in. It's it, it feels like the sort of it's, it feels like the sort of thing where if WWE did it, you'd be like moaning about like oh they're crossing people on both shows already and things like that you know it just feels like a lot of the things when they've tried to do something a bit different they they, they end up it all just bleeds into one and just becomes a bit homogenous like even some of the stuff here where you know the additional things there that you've maybe like i've enjoyed like you know that was a good match last week between andrade and buddy um is he murphy or matthews is it well <laughs> but it, it yeah. Buddy Murphy. and like the Brody king andrade, the, the Brody king andrade stuff but they could just be on rampage couldn't they <laughs> like kind of thing like you know i know it's more money for the business if you look at it on a business sense it's another tv show and more money and things like that but like creatively mm. i don't know i don't know man i, I don't know like this 
these next couple of weeks are going to be interesting. If you think of it, it's come on at the tail end of like the build to a pay-per-view. So there's mm-hmm. an issue where they're trying to plug stuff for Forbidden Door. So there's Oh, like, horrendous time to launch a show. Yeah. Absolutely really horrendous time. Should you just wait till the pay-per-view's done, then start? Should I mean, be. I'm sure like TBS had something to do with that, but TNT, but, but you know. And this is the thing is, there isn't an excuse to cram stuff because the next big show should be all in other than TV show, other than when they're in, say, Boston at the T, you know, where mm. I think they're planning to do Blood and Guts or something along those lines. They should be giving mm. stuff time to build and you're hoping to actually see, I just want to see some angles dare I say it, like kind of stuff happening, like plot, really, like at this stage. That's the the thing is, I'm still not mad on the kind of formatting of it being kind of formatted in a way that's very, very similar to Dynamite in terms of some parts of the presentation, although I generally agree that that there is a slower change. But, I mean, like it was the point brought up on the weekend show. It was just sort of Mm. mentally packed Dynamite for this. So maybe after this, they can actually go into Sora Islands because they should be thinking about all in at that stage, shouldn't they? Yeah, that's the thing. Maybe maybe this is the the, the space to breathe. But then again, you know, this week's is is a, is the fair as the chat rightly points out the first tape one, um, which is this Thursday taping mm-hmm. it from Canada, so you lose that live element too. Uh, yeah, I just don't want it to go the way around page because I am just fundamentally as a fan, it's like Punk's little artistic space to do punk stuff <laughs> like and i like that and i like and i do like you know how many times have we complained about dynamite where it's like you know pick your pick your guy whether it's miro whether it's andrade whether you're a tommy bellend fan whether you're a phoenix fan of pentagon all these guys that kind of are in this mushy middle of aw and get no time mm. for character development or things to breathe we're getting a bit of that on that so i'm not going to be ungrateful for that either i kind of want that out of my AEW, so you know we'll see, we'll see how it goes. But if anything, if it's taken me into a slight Juice Robinson fan, it's a, it's a, it's a somewhat of a success so far, isn't it? Like I'm, 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 I'm made up. You said that because I was, I had like written, I'd like written a note here saying like I think I might be a Juice Robinson guy now, kind of thing. And then I was, <laughs> I was thinking like, oh, I'm going to get a horrendous backlash here from Benno, like because I know you've uh, like not been far, but I just love that, like right down to that initial like Survivor Survivor Series promo at the start. I was just like, I'm loving just this like kind of like unhinged over the top character it's just like a throwback it's like something from like 1993 or something like that just this berserk fucking prop like wrestling character maniac kind of thing like i'm uh i'm, I'm enjoying it i just want to just just fucking just let him go just like see how far he fucking goes with it and just have this this mental mental guy like but um yeah far better than the scene him in g1s isn't it in new japan cups just being the uh the anonymous like last man in those tournaments this is the role he's born to play tv character actor like type that's, that's great, and as, and again, as long as he knows his role, and as long as Jay White takes the lead, and is clearly the top guy, which I don't think they established very well earlier on, but they've done a much better job the last couple of weeks. I'm happy. I'm Punk seems happy working with Jay White as well. He put something on his Instagram this weekend, didn't he? Like it was like an image of Looper, um, where I think he was casting himself as uh, as Bruce Willis, and uh, and Jay White was there, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I'm not sure if that's quite a perfect analogy, but still, you know, there's something uh, something to that's the best thing for him. That's the type of guy that can. Uh, that can definitely, uh, you know, benefit from uh, the slower pace and uh, the more space uh, on this show. Chats agreeing with us, Gareth. We're a Juice Robinson fan podcast now at this point. Loose Cannon Juice Robinson, as uh, as Carl says, there we're uh, we're banging some. He's the hero of the hour, but we might talk a little bit more collision as we uh, as we get into the uh, the pay per view mm. itself. I'm sure there's going to be little uh, offshoots of uh, of conversations and such, but. We should get into the uh, the pay per view, uh, which is the uh, the reason we're here. It's going to be the the majority of a. Uh, 
of this podcast. Then yeah, Gareth's just finished watching it. JP, you watched it earlier today. I was uh, up later watching it last night, and I don't know where'd you start. Best AWP people of all time. <laughs> Can I just throw that out straight away? I don't know. It felt like it in the moment. Um, I, I would say it was a long pay per view overall, and there were definitely moments that like maybe didn't live up to to what I hoped, um, which might might indicate the main event. But for me, I'll go to you first, JP. This felt like uh, as far as an AW pay per view that like, and we were there. The Forbidden Door Boo Boys last year. We were the ones having a go at the build. And then, you know, we hated, we hated it. And we, I still stand by that we were right. Um, we're message boarders. We never admit when we were wrong. But, like, <laughs> you know, the build was a problem last year. The build wasn't a problem this year. Obviously, the bigger problem last year was the injuries and, the you know, the, the issues with the initial card that Tony Khan wants to put together and not been able to put together. He didn't have that issue this year. But even then, going in, I was kind of like, well, you know, last year was such a home run as far as a pay-per-view goes and just you know was blue even the people who expected it to be good it was better than even those kind of expectations last year can they possibly do it again and for my money i feel like the the best wrestlers in the world once again got in there jp and we had you know again possibly the the the, the pay-per-view of the year there's plenty to to dig into as far as like ups and downs on the show but i was saying this on our discord last night i can't I can't imagine coming out of this pay-per-view, even if there's things like, say, you're not, you're just not wired to enjoy a, a Will Ospreay match, or you're not wired to, you know, CM Punk for whatever reason offends you, or you're not wired to enjoy the Young Bucks. This was the the variety show that I think like we're often sold with wrestling because I can see like there was a, there was at least a match on this show that I think everybody will have loved. If you're into Osprey, you know, Omega type stuff, that might be your five star match. If you're into Punk being a cunt. That might be a highlight of the show. Spoiler, might be my highlight of the show. If you're into a more, you know, slow down, methodical main event style, which is what Danielson O'Carter did in the last match to start. If you're into a big young bucks tag, you got that. I feel like this show had had a little bit of everything. And like for that reason, like for me, it's the front runner for uh, for show of the year. Like I had an absolute blast watching this and just came away kind of like I I'm very happy I invested that time. Very happy I, I stayed up late for it. And yeah, I had that same feeling I, I walked away from last year's with Indo with JP. I would, I'm probably slightly different, but in some ways very, very similar. So I think it's an excellent show. I think I agree with you in terms of it being the front runner for show of the year. Like you say, when you look at it and you look at the type of matches we got and you think of, think of the overall quality, like mm. to get a match that is, you know, Pretty going to be pretty damn close in the match of the year voting to see a dream match and dream matches aren't always turn out to be the best match necessarily mm. but it's the idea of these two people meeting in a match you don't expect to see you had meaningful angles you had like nothing on the undercard like shit the bed like the no. worst thing is if you watch like I watched the zero hour and then into this and the thing with the zero hour is is it was like quite heavy duty because it was like four matches in a row match and then match. I went in so it's probably is too still much couldn't fit Tom Lawler in though JP still couldn't fit him in in a dark match against fucking Serpentico <laughs> like <laughs> I, I like I really felt for him on that one and I'm very happy that actually yeah. he's turning up in Rev Pro for Epic Encounters for a match against Luke Jacobs to replace mm. Gabriel Kick because I think that's a hell of a switch around mm. on that one but in terms of going back to this show it, you're right it had that bit of everything and I was looking through it and I was like how, how do I feel about it what's because it didn't have the surprise factor of last year because last year I was fully prepared to kind of 
I hated the build to it, and the show was fucking tremendous. And it was such mm. a pleasant surprise. You don't really get that factor around because obviously mm. the pressure and expectations are more because you've got Danielson and May. Uh, is it you got Danielson, um, Punk, and Omega who weren't on last year at all? Mm. That's a really big fucking deal. To, um, you know, to having all in back. So the levels were raised, the expectations were raised, which probably means you're being a bit more critical. And so I probably found it hard, slightly harder to enjoy it in the moment. I came away from it thinking, like, initially I thought that was really, really good. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I'm I'm generally in agreement, but I'm probably weirdly not as enthused, if that makes any sense. That's probably the yeah, best problem, like we said earlier on, about not watching it in the moment. It can that take something mean away from it. This is what I love about this conversation because I know for a fact because Garrett's just finished it and he's militant about spoilers. Garrett's been completely unspoiled by the entire discourse around on this. Um, I listened to Voices of Wrestling today and I highly recommend people listen to that. Like Lanza's opening kind of bit on that is just punching the air, like passionate about like how good this show was. And I think I'm more on that side. I think part of it as well is just the fact that it's the fact that this show even exists. It's the fact that like we watched the pay per view last night or this morning for, for you guys with. Kazuchika Okada on it, Hiroshi Tanahashi on it, Brian Danielson on it, Kenny Omega on it, CM Punk on it, Will Ospreay on it. Like the list of like high-level talent on one show. Oh yeah, you can you can keep naming names. Like, you know, there's names there where you could make argument for that's the top five wrestlers in the world. Pick your poison. You know, if there's guys there you don't break that highly, and there's guys there you do, you could absolutely make that argument. That may be the top five wrestlers in the world are on this show. You might be a Naito guy, fine, you know, include him in, in your in your list as well. That's what I came up came about and you know, so excited and enthused about it and doing a similar kind of standing up and be done to the uh, to the voices of wrestling lads were uh, we're talking about today. Cause it was just for me, it was like it felt like a celebration of what makes wrestling great. And like I say, maybe there were things I was higher on or lower on. Maybe I'm alluding to the main event there. And maybe there's, you know, things that I love that maybe other people would love, alluding to maybe CM Punk there. But that was my overall take on it, that it was just, you know, how lucky we are that, that this show even exists in the first place. But I'll go to you, Gareth. You're unspoilt on the uh, on the discourse of the day and, uh, and a lot of that that conversation. Um what what are you expecting? What what were you expecting like people's people's takes on this to kind of be coming out of it? Yeah, I was expecting it to be positive because it was positive. Mm. You know, it was a, it was a, a, you know really good. Like it's it's one of these. I don't want to I don't want to use the word fun because we often use fun in negative terms, don't we? In podcasting, a little totally. bit kind of thing. But it was just it was a it was a wrestling show where I feel like I've been a bit jaded about certain shows like of late and things like that. But it was one that you could just sat, sit down and it was like four hours that was just enjoyable start to finish really and then mm. you know like there was a, literally at no point in the show was I bored I think it was it was the, the I think the the match order they got perfect for me personally like in terms of the way that it was it, it was laid out you know I think the the time that they gave to certain matches was 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 spot on probably for some of the ones there that you were you were less bothered about and things whereas maybe in the past there's been like instances of them been a bit more bloated and people you know you often talk about like oh if, if I'd have been six minutes shorter or something like that, you wouldn't have felt like it dragged as much or it or or the the knock-on effect of all those extra five or six minutes can sometimes mean you sat watching the show for an extra hour, which means that you're absolutely totally jaded by the time you get to the main event and things like that. So I think the overall runtime of the show was 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 a, you know a, a, a positive as well. Um 
I think as well, some of the matches, um, they didn't try and they, they didn't all go out and try and hit four and a half star match, which meant that yeah. it didn't exhaust you, which meant that they were that, that the real highs felt higher because of the fact that there was a bit of discipline there with to perform at a certain level almost earlier on in the card as well, really. So again, that sort of like ties into the, the structure and the timing and things like that. I think that all worked. Best AEW pay-per-view pay of all time. I'm amazed if anyone's saying that. Like, I'm, oh, really? I'm gobsmacked that that's 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 where you're coming from there. Because I think mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I just have other. Sh- I, I I didn't come away from it thinking, oh, that was top. Five, that was a top five AEW pay per view of all time and things like that. I think oh, maybe okay. maybe there's been shows where there's been you know more say four star plus matches on the card kind of thing and okay there has mm. been a couple of lulls in a couple of instances but maybe your big four have been a bigger four or something something like that um potentially but just for enjoyment stakes like yeah i mean i, I, I couldn't knock us couldn't knock a thing about this i don't think i mean saying that i did skip the jericho match so i don't know what that was like but, uh, <laughs> every, every, everything else everything else that i watched was um was uh bob well, for me like this this will be interesting. I think so. It'll be interesting to see kind of kind of where we differ because I think I definitely, you know, I'm up in the air about whether it's the best AEW show ever. But I think it's it's in the conversation for me. But I think yeah, we might we might differ in in different bits when it comes to it. And a big part of it as well is like I guess the, as the chatter kind of talking about and as you said there, it was the pacing of it too. Like I think there's things that I'd switch around maybe. But like you were asking before because you were getting this in like last minute. You were like, oh, how long is the main event? So I looked it up on Cage Match, and it was like 27 minutes exactly. But even in doing that, I was looking at the other match, and I was going, oh, fuck, that Young Bucks tag was only 20. Like, to me, that, that felt like it went 40. <laughs> you know, like, there was a lot of that. It was like, you can maybe have a go at them, because I don't think it's right that Brian and Okada went to the ring with clearly half an hour of satellite time left. Like, Brian, you, you haven't seen the press and stuff yet, Gareth, but Brian alludes to being pissed off before he went out. Doesn't say why. But my guess would be that's why he was pissed off. In the end, it didn't matter because his arm was falling off, so he probably couldn't have gone longer than he did. But that was the only negative. That that's your AW problem, isn't it? Like we talk about dynamite versus collision. You go into a you know dynamite as like a main event. They built up all show, and then the lads go to the ring, and it's like you know two fifty two in the morning our time. There's eight minutes to to do the entrances, the match, and the post match. Like that is constantly an AW problem. That's the only negative though, as far as uh, pace the pacing and stuff uh, goes for me. But yeah, um, like the like the chat saying there, Platt said it's most consistent show for him. They yeah. have the highest highs, but not the lowest lows. Like you agree with that, JP? You know, you've been saying yeah, the worst matches were two and a half stars at uh, at most. Um, I don't think I go lower than that um, on the uh, on the one that I hated here. But I mean, we we can get into it, um, JP. We said we kind of you know we're gonna we'll work through the card itself, but yeah, it being a long card, we'll go straight to like I think the two biggest conversation starters which are the, the two big matches on this and then we'll we'll work our way back through and you know give the uh the jericho six man the uh, the 30 seconds that uh, it deserves and i'll probably spend those 30 seconds laughing about the one thing you've got to see from that gareth is uh sting just forgets to move when sammy guevara does like a 630 through a table on him sting just eats it uh it's brilliant yeah. <laughs> he's just too slow to get out the way it's like a shoot he gets oh, nice. shoot 630 through a table and then he has to get up get up 10 seconds later and do the finish of the match and act like he's not hurt it's fucking great that's the only bit that's actually enjoyable about that it was uh it was the right match to sandwich between the two the two proper main events out there, I'd say, JP. But 
let's go to the, the two proper main events. Let's do uh, Osprey and, uh, and Omega first. Um, surprised where it was in the uh, in the card, JP. I think that's probably a uh, you know you talk about like the, the the way the card was slotted. That's one criticism I think mm. you can give it. Is hindsight, you know, twenty twenty or or whatever? Should that have gone on last? Considering what they they then went out there and did, as opposed to what uh, what Dragon and uh, and Okada did, um, I don't know what uh, what's your take on it, and then we'll uh, we'll get into the match itself. It, it's with hindsight, yes, it should have gone on last in terms of it being more impactful and more eventful. Actually, having a kind of storyline to it, and it's part of a bigger story, which is clearly where where is the third match going to be? And you'd have to be looking at kind of like all in at this stage mm-hmm. seems like that really will probably be the route that they go down. Um, So it should have main evented, but I still would have, like if they'd got the timing right and they'd given like um, Brian and Okada somewhere in the region of 40, 45 minutes, then it would have been better for it. And then we might well have been talking about actually that's the thing that's, you know, they never got a chance to kind of build that crescendo. Um, But in terms of this match, like, I mean, fuck me! It it just had a bit of everything, didn't mm-hmm. it? We yeah, you know, we started off with you know, I don't know if we want to go straight into yeah, go for like, it. Sort of necessarily talking about it. it went you know started off with the kind of the the exchanges and the demonstrations of athleticism, and then it changed gears when it started to get that bit more violent. The hos the the osprey kind of. Um, like OTT stuff with the Canadian flag and then drawing the hit. And then it became like entirely storyline based with the classic heel face dynamic. Sean Michaels 97 stuff that one. Oh yeah. Uh, Sean humping really the flag was. at air. He should, have been hump- he should have been humping the Canadian flag. Not a phrase I thought <laughs> I'd often say, but like that's, that's what he should have been doing um, mm. at, at that point. So I think this as, but this match, like I say, it just, it, it started to go by and started to tell that kind of emotional story kicked in the fucking overdrive once Callis came back and then you had all the mad near falls and everything else. I mean, I've seen it twice today because I went back to watch it because I, and it's, I don't like it as much as the first match, but that's not to say it's bad as part of a trilogy. It's like a worthy sequel to it. I think there's stuff in it. That's probably a bit too OTT and the new Japan match doesn't have that kind of interference, which sort of, yeah, that's, that- that's it. That's fundamentally the thing I probably don't like. I was glad it wasn't the finish. That would that was mm. kind of in the moment I was like, it's that type of match because it didn't make it. Callus is sent to the back and then he comes back and there's just no punishment. He can just get involved in the match in front of the ref. Like that does genuinely like knock the match down a little bit to me. Now two minutes later, I completely forgotten about that because there were two big moments in this one where literally I was you know standing and pacing and punching the air where. They went when Omega, and I've ne- I don't think I've ever, see- ever seen anybody do a rope break kick out better than Omega does in this match. The way he just casually fell on that bottom rope, that was a standing and jumping up and down like in the uh, in the bedroom moment. And then the other one was the one count kick out. And once that happened, any negative thoughts I had about like that Don Callis moment and the interference and all of that stuff just went completely out of my head. And you know, you obviously got the Tiger Driver. 91 spots that I'm sure I will get into with the, the minutiae over and, and all of that stuff. But those moments, whether it's rightly or wrongly, just made me not think about that again. And I was right back into it. And it's that close and stretch and that finish that I think 
was up to the level of the Wrestle Kingdom match. Maybe now, you know, 12 hours removed from, or 15 hours removed from seeing it, you know, with the, with the cold light today, yeah, maybe it's not the five-star match that that was, but I think it runs it bloody close. Um, and I think, yeah, maybe the only negative is that stuff when you, when you look at it with the, the cold light today, but what did you make of it, Gareth? Was, did they hold the candle to the, uh, the first one? Um, what did you make of the way that they structured it and, you know, using the, uh, the, the callous stuff and, I suppose, as JP says, the, the bit of everything they kind of threw with this one, bit of blood, you know, a bit of uh, wackiness on the outside. Um, it did have everything and it was excessive, but I wondered whether that might be for you or not. I don't know. I mean, it was it was one of those where you were just absolutely 100% like engaged and totally invested like throughout and then for like a long match like again I've got no idea how how, how long it went I'm guessing it went like 40 minutes probably like top of my head like oh, yeah. you know 40 minutes is a good chunk of time to just be totally immersed in something and like I I, I absolutely was with this like I, I think it was um it was one of those where you know, strip it back to its like raw bones kind of thing. And like, just for me, just like the violence, the aggression, the drama, the exhaustion, the genuine animosity that was in there between them, you know, it had all of that. And like, and there's a danger that Kenny against Will Ospreay can be something that's not that kind of thing. Like it, there's a danger that it can be moves with a Z and, you know, and mm. um, all, all that side of things, depending on, you know, with the, the the way it was structured, but this this felt like a fight, like a real, real, genuine fight, and it you know it proper proper had me in there. You know, I think that what what I was pleased to see was just like with the blood, like AW can sometimes have that criticism with blood, and it's been like too frequent and things like that. I think that unless I'm totally going mental because I've just watched, like obviously just finished watching it, but I don't think there was a single drop of blood in any match prior to this. Somebody might correct me if I'm wrong, but if it was, it wasn't, didn't stand out to me massively. So, Tony so, Storm. Well, so oh, yeah, 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 accidental, accidental. Yeah. And then, but like it was, you know, it, the blood felt like it mattered a bit more, like even Moxley fucking restrained, restrained himself and didn't bleed <laughs> in this one to kind of like give this one a bit more, um, a bit more purpose. So I think that added something. I loved Osprey with the blood on the arm when he looked down the camera, oh, like really sinister oh and then he licked the blood off his arm. That was fucking outstanding. Like it was just like, just that extra little bit of, um, you know, the character side, side of stuff. And um, I think the crowd were chanting like, you sick fuck. And he was like, yeah, I am, and like lick the blood. I was like, oh, I love that because that's not that's not talking at your hands, shit. That's someone in the moment, kind of like just reacting and just going with it. And it was yeah, yeah. Like, like credit to him on on that. That was that was that was ace, but we yeah, got I, tested, I, but yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the um, the um, what I'd like written down here where I think. Um, I think Kenny has him and he, um, there was that sequence where like Kenny took his back, he had him in a choke and then he transitions to the arm bar, then he put the triangle choke on and then Osprey sort of like summons Rampage Jackson and he did the power bomb like out of the triangle choke and then like mm. at that point I was so immersed in it like I'd like written here like if the finish is good, this is a full five at the moment for me. So that's even before we got to the bells and whistles, I was just enjoying the brutality and just the you know the, the the genuine fight that they were having up to up to that point as it happens when it got to the end i mean the end i won't say it was, i won't say it was shit i won't say i didn't like it kind of thing 
but it was, but it didn't make it a five. I think that I've ended up going like four point seven five for me. And the thing, like, it just felt a bit too much <laughs> kind of thing at the end. Just, it just, it just felt a little bit like, oh come on, like kind of thing. Like, is you know, he's had a screwdriver to the head, and then he's you, you finish it, and like, kind of, oh, and he still kicks, it. and then and then it's like, you know, do something else, another finish, you know, the tiger driver, and he kicks out, you know, like again, it was just like the, the kick out on one. Although they were kind of like good, like in the moment things. Yeah, like I just got to the point where I was just a bit like, like what we like, like what we what we doing here? Like you know, I also have that thing of like, are we coming in and we we you know putting a fucking JCB on top of somebody and they're still fucking kicking out and things like that? You know, it's it's, it's that point sometimes for me that it just goes a bit too far, but. Matty would say that's the proper stuff, by the way. As long as it's Brock Lesnar behind the wheel, like (laughs) they literally did that last year, didn't they? (laughs) (laughs) But but I mean that um, the foot on the ropes that you mentioned there, Benno, that was like Mm -hmm. that. uh, Like I, I I was writing my notes like as I'm doing it, and I was I I just wrote Hidden Braid, Stormbreaker, and I just wrote one, two, three, and then like and then and I was like, (laughs) like it's like delete delete the three. I I bought it hook, line, and sinker. I was absolutely a hundred percent. It was like one of the best false finishes I've ever seen in my life. That you know, which is which was uh, which which was great. I just almost feel like oh, if if it had just finished a minute later with something else or something like that, I think that would have took Fair it to, to, to five five in my eyes. But obviously, I'm watching this. I've watched it once. I've watched it there, like in the moment, like an hour ago or two hours ago or something like that. Something that I'd want to do definitely is watch the first one again immediately before. I, like I think when I watch them, watch it again, I'll watch the the Tokyo Dome one and then this one straight after each other because I just want to see the little and the Wembley one, the little yeah, nods to each match and things like that. And then if the Wembley, you know, at the end of the day, if they, if they do <laughs> Wembley and it's in the same league as this and it's in the same league as the Tokyo Dome one, then you know, talked about you know, talked about Joe versus Punk. Then I think I think we've got a new contender there on the trilogy front, mate. <laughs> I'm a, uh, I'm now full on Dave Meltzer pilled. We need a big British star at Wembley. Will Ospreay is that guy, man, now. Because I want that thing back at Wembley that much. Like, imagine we get to be there for it. Like, yeah. And and that's the thing that I think this match achieved. So, because I don't think we disagree, Gareth, I go 4.75 and it. My reasons are more that, you know, the nonsense and the, you know, the screwdriver and the callous stuff. There's just something about it that just makes me not feel like, well, this, is a, this isn't a five star match. It feels sullied, which it shouldn't, because the point of the match is to get over, you know, Osprey is like, you know, and we shouldn't have ever doubted it when we did the weekend show, JP. Like, he always had to win this. And they're all always had to be in like a personal way, like this, where he does that, where, you know, obviously he's with Callus now, which is kind of, feels like we've jumped a couple of steps along in the story, but okay, yeah. fine. You know, that make, makes sense as a combination, though. I'm happy with that. And the fact that he beat Omega with his own stuff, like that adds like that personal element to it. It's all reason to do that there match. Cause I would say, like, then the, the, the pushback we give it jp on did did aw need a big british star for what billionaires at will osprey because he's not an aw guy and bear in mind i know that this match you know will have been seen by let's say one hundred and fifty thousand people as opposed to a dynamite that's you know eight hundred nine hundred thousand or whatever worldwide over a million you know there is that but i feel like coming out of this match osprey's a main man in aw 
he is, whether he's an AW guy or not. Mm. There's no AW fan who doesn't know Will Ospreay at this point. And I think yeah. now that they've done this and they put him over so strong, and that's the genius of it, putting Ospreay over in, in AW, putting Kenny over in, in New Japan has meant that now Ospreay's established in AW. And I think you can do that at Wembley, and I think they should do that at Wembley. Maybe they wait for Wrestle Kingdom, but I think Wembley's the place now. I think they've got to do that their match there, and that's what this match did so well, setting that up. The only other thing, the only other use of Kenny Omega that is better than putting him against Will Ospreay at this point in time for a trilogy match is CM Punk. Like, I won't lie. That's Chicago and, a week later, the fan. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> but, it's, but this feud, ultimately, what it's done is on that athletic level, and it yeah. is proven as a as that kind of big match wrestler that Osprey putting Osprey on Omega's level, frankly, mm. and Omega was that person who had that that kind of best athletic wrestler in the world kind of mantle mm. for a really long time. I was looking back at my notes for the Wrestle Kingdom match, and this match is very much a reversal. Osprey had the crowd. He was the one who was the baby face in peril throughout. Obviously, it's like him being weakened down kind of considerably throughout on there and it'd be fascinating to know what the third story is because i think the crowd will be mixed because there'll be a big contingent who'll just love kenny omega and then there'll be people who want to cheer on osprey for it i mean we're assuming this had happened it would be like you say he's a made guy like you could have him come in now and credibly like if you went in and feuded with punk you'd be like that's a big feud same throwing that out there that kind of figure now within AEW, you'd have to imagine they'd have to make a play to sign him. How that would go down with New Japan, like I, I don't know, but mm. like they've you this has lived the up to all, all of the wrestling expectations. Sorry, yeah, they, they wheeled him out of the presser, and I don't think they do that if he's going to be purely a New Japan guy going forward. I think, I think that's what this match was for. I think it's really, it, it's fantastic, but and it makes all the sense. And if he's associated, you know, because Callus isn't going to New Japan either, is he? So clearly the Osprey Callus association is going to be something, a side of the story they're probably going to tell over here in, in America and, and in England and Wembley as well. So there's all that to it as well. But I'm excited for their match, but I'll go and get it. I was going to say it was interesting that JP mentioned the crowd there, though, because like I th- oh. like I thought the crowd here for this, I was amazed how split it was at times, and like how pro Osprey it was a, a, a lot of times. And I know there's like in, you know people from different audiences and things like that are going to go mm-hmm. pay per views and things, but I don't think Kenny was as raucously over with the Canadian crowd as I, as I thought it would be. There were some things there, like I think when he broke the sharpshooter and stuff, there was like no reaction at all. There was a, there was another instance that I like noted down where he like. It like it broke something, and you didn't get like the huge crowd pop for him. Whereas, like I felt like, you know, I, I, I was amazed that the, that there was anybody in, the, in that crowd even that was like pro pro Osprey at all, and like you know, that's all the Canada I, stuff turned up, you know, yeah, and like you know, I know it was the heel and things, and he was doing some things like that, but he was you know he was getting all the big, big reactions as well, and probably that was mm. one of the, the things that I took from it was like seeing him versus Kenny in this environment in AEW in Canada. And I was thinking like, he could have been not eaten alive by it, but he could have been eaten a bit by, by the, the, the scale of Kenny Omega in his own, com- in his home company, in his home country. But mm. like Os- Osprey looks as big a star as Kenny Omega to me in that, in, in that match. He certainly felt it with the crowd and the reactions he was, uh, he was getting. And, you know, again, mm. if then, if then that's going to then carry through and he is going to be retained on the, on the TV products and like, again, I'm the same as you. 
I didn't want British people shoehorned into Wembley, but like mm. it'd be a complete, it, it'd be stupid not to put him on on the back of that match. Absolutely stupid not to. And you, Definitely. you want a match for Wembley that's gonna. If you if you're putting together this type of a card and you're thinking, is this going to shift a few tickets? Yeah, like mm. a trilogy ender bet- between these two. Like if you're starting to put that card together and make it make shape. You know, you, you want to put that on there, and obviously for the long term credibility, you want to put on the best kind of wrestling match that you can. Mm. So really, where else are you going to get that in terms of like the mm. best actual wrestling match, the stuff that you could put on team? So I was watching this match today, and um, Harry who's only six was watching a bit of it with me and you could see even though you know you know he didn't sit through all 40 minutes bless him but even he was like looking at the sheer athleticism of it and of the moves the thing he saw that was like kind of like he winced at was when osprey went for the oscar came back and he just kneed him in the head really casually it was fucking tremendous and it was full of stuff like that. i have to say just a shout out for Did a enjoy the blood <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of that. That was an Eddie yeah. Guerrero level juice fest, and, that wasn't it? At like, that point, Fortnite took over on the Switch, thank God. <laughs> sort of bypassed that problem. But there was a move at the very beginning, and it kind of summed up the intent of it. It was when Osprey was going for the headstand out of like having his head trapped in between the knees. And Osprey did the simplest thing of just like right, little cheeky mini pile driver in, just to like knock yeah. him, knock him into the mat. And that kind of stuff is just thinking this is what these two can do. It's taking stuff that you see a lot of times in a match and you think you know where it's going to go and they just add on something little to it. And it's just those those reversals, that little bit of extra brutality into it. And that's the stuff that makes matches like this. Rating-wise... You'd rather make you talk brutality. brutality. Fucking hell. Oh, for Christ. I'm not the safety police. I'm not. I don't even really want to have that conversation. I just want to say it was fucking horrible. Like, Kenny did not land well on that one. I'm glad he's okay. It's just the extent Mm. of the conversation I'll have about that, really. But, like, fuck me, that was rough. Yeah, that was absolutely horrific for it. And this match, I mean, Jesus, like you say, the stiffness and brutality. And you don't necessarily think of, like, Osprey and Omega as, like, these stiff workers, but me they were like kind of they were laying it in and it worked um yeah this is like, i go four four point seven five if i'm going for a rating for it because i'm kind of with you where there's the sports entertainment element kind of takes away from the idea of this being this kind of this trilogy of matches that you don't want tainted by some bloke bloody running in and stuff like that possibly- paul lazenby on the outside i feel like well, I wondered, that was them. if it wasn't I, if it was the I uh, thought jr kratos yeah, it looked like him too, didn't it? Kratos and Royce Isaacs would be my my cheeky uh, tip. Has it come out today? I don't think it has who they were. I really want to know. Like, Grant, like... Grant and Phil. Yeah. <laughs> now, it really could have been 100%. In the UK, at All In, you do that angle. If you're putting one bit of sports entertainment in, is <laughs> about to go for the one-winged angel, looks up, Steve McFadden, Ross Kemp comes in, pulls in from the other side. Imagine the pop. Apart from some confused Europeans and Americans. Like, <laughs> You're booking this going on here. Tony Khan needs to hire JP. We'd have Oasis doing like a, like a live performance. We'd have the Mitchell brothers there live. <laughs> all sounds good to be honest. They should be doing all of this. Not, none of this phone boxes. And then get Elton like, John across from Glastonbury to do Saturday <laughs> nights. All right. For one last gig in the UK. Cheeky <laughs> Wembley Stadium one. Uh, even I wouldn't mind about that. Maybe maybe Tony's got the money. We'll be talking about uh, Jim. Sort of else. Jim Ross dancing yeah. like Daniel Garcia to it. You know, so. 
Uh, but yeah, anything else on that? Like, Ryan says earlier, yeah, Osprey called up Marafuji ran, randomly in the press. Uh, he was on Twitter today, putting over Omega massively as like the best wrestler in the world. Like, I yeah came out of that match going, "Yep, this is the Kenny Omega I love. This is the Kenny Omega I want to see in AEW. Maybe not every week, but more often than we get it." And to be fair, in twenty twenty three, for all our complaining and tail end the last year, we're getting it more often than not. Um, yeah. That's what it felt like. Two of the best wrestlers in the world uh, in there together. Don't know if you got but anything the, else. But, like that. But, yeah, these. But that, that's it. It's like it's the Omega that's in these. You know, I was I was at, at times I was lost that I was in an AW pay per view and it felt like it was Kenny Omega in New Japan kind of thing. And then you just look back to like Kenny's title run and things like that, and you think when we were moaning about Kenny's title run, it's because you wanted this, you wanted matches like these, you wanted multiple matches like this to make his make his title reign be what it should have been and you know make the belt be what it should have been as well by you know having it feel feel important by having these serious you know detailed high level matches on a you know on a, a multiple basis you know I, I feel like you know you look at things now and you just think christ if he's if he's going to keep going the way he is now and he has been this year like this is where this is the elite main event player kind of thing that that, that the, the company needs and you know, I just hope it's not two years too late, three years too late. Mm, that's it. How many more of these has he got in him type of thing? Like, he's clearly come back from the injury, you know, rehabbed and willing to do these. Because that was a big thing. That was the pushback on us when we were like, oh, why is he doing three ways and matches with Christian? I mean, to be fair, me and you would probably love a match with Christian now, Gareth. But, you know, it wasn't the level of what we wanted, but physically probably couldn't have done the level that we wanted. It's interesting that he's now doing that again you know what i say at the at the yeah. tokyo dome here even the higher level stuff like with vikingo on uh on dynamite how much of that he's got left jp is is the question but this is top level kenny omega we all want to see isn't it it's the kenny omega that's been the biggest selling point of the which is best bout machine when i think yeah. of the successful side of it it's the this is the guy who has the great matches and the stuff that you remember guy you end up thinking of and that's what that's what you come out of it out of this like he loses nothing in defeat from now now should there have been evented i suppose is probably the the follow-on conversation because as i say we had the uh, oh gareth's checking us up interesting conversation this because we had the six-man tag that we've spared gareth from um botch fest central again we might revisit that in a bit and then we went to what was the main event i don't know like i i didn't live up to my expectations and I was as much as I love this show and I'm I think I'm the high man out of the three of us on the show the show went off air after this match and I was like not like disappointed feels too strong a word but it did feel anticlimactic it did feel like oh it's over and then in that moment in that moment reflection I was like right but we also got on the show Omega Osprey and you know three or four other things that I'm I'm going to rave about as we go through this show I don't know if it was the note to go off on the show on. I mean, now that I've, you know, slept on it for all of two hours today and been able to, you know, see Danielson talk about this match and put up, you know, obviously talk about, you know, he came out to the presser with his arm hanging off. I was like, oh, fuck, that was legit. Now I understand the finish more. Now I understand why they worked the match. Did even said in the presser, Gareth, like he does the, uh, the yes chance in the match. And he'd said, I mean, he's not going to do that in AEW. And he was like, literally, because my arm was hanging off. The things I wanted to do, I couldn't do anymore. So it was like, what's going to get the crowd going? I know, yes, chance. That's why he's the best, though, isn't it? I know that's a that's a shortcut, but that's the brain of Brian Danielson, you know, c- coming into effect in a bind, pull that out. 
So I think actually that context is probably going to make me enjoy this match more on like a on a rewatch or just thinking about it in isolation. But I can't get away from the fact that I did come out of it going, oh, I expected something maybe not akin to Osprey Omega, but a level similar to it. And I didn't feel like I get it. So for that reason, I think I would have switched them apart. But what say you, Gareth? What do you make of it? I haven't just finished it. I haven't not known any of that, you know, going into it to it unspoils. Like, one, did they meet your expectations? And two, was it the right main event? I mean, at the end of the day, if you're picking, like, you know, retrospectively, you can switch things around and you can go, oh, well, that yeah, was better than that. Things, things, like, things like that. I think you go into this and you go, it's Brian Danielson against Okada. Like, you go, like, mm-hmm. that, uh, that is your main event. That That is, like, absolutely your main event. There's, there's, no, there's no... If if that hadn't have gone on last, I'd have been questioned... I'd have been gutted, to be honest. I'd have been, like, that, yeah. that should be the main event because that is... That's the dream match. That is the that is the match that you know. If you're on paper, you simple, you know, making your own. You know, you talked previously about this card having all your dream wrestlers in the world. It's almost like if you were on EWR or something like that, and you're going like, okay, I'm going to make my own promotion here, and it's going to be everybody who's not signed to WWE. You'd be signing all these people, and then you'd be like, what's my main event here? You'd be like, yeah, it's a card against Danielson, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. If you were putting yeah. like that together at certain time periods in the last ten years, sort of thing. So. So it was right for it to go on there. I mean, at the end of the day, if you think it's only got half an hour, Danielson's got a serious injury and things like that, then like mm. unquestionably I finished that match just feeling a bit deflated and a bit kind of, I don't know, it just left me feeling like, oh, bugger, like that wasn't as, that wasn't what I, had in my head and kind of thing but I mean circumstances obviously like played a played a played a part in that so on that basis I just find it like really hard to kind of I find it hard to judge because they obviously had to go where they went at the end of the match with what they could do and some stuff started to obviously naturally look a little bit sloppy and rushed and didn't quite didn't sort of feel like it quite fit and things like that I didn't like a card just getting beat like in that way so it it, it didn't fit the I don't want to use the canon, the word canon, but it just didn't like kind of, it just didn't fit with who Okada is for me that he would tap to that kind of then in that that moment, the way it had to be applied because the man's arm's so injured and things. It just didn't, mm-hmm. that didn't sit right with me either. I was like, where does Okada go from here? Like he looks, this isn't the guy who's, from, you know, having one hour, 40 minute epics with Kenny Omega kind of thing that was just impossible to beat at times and things like that. I, that that was something that just didn't quite quite sit right. You know what's coming, guys? And the balloons out again. He's going to be going because apparently this <laughs> this was apparently his first tap out since 2015. So I've got no doubt they're going to tell a story with it again. I hope it's not the balloon animals and the uh, pajama pants. But I think it was by design, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, well. You know, again, it's one of these, let it play out and all that kind of thing. But, I mean, I don't know. Just either way, like, I, I don't think anybody could – I don't think anybody could argue that this lived up to the expectations that they had of Arcada versus no. Danielson in, in in the head. Some people are going to have enjoyed this more than, than others, you know. I kind of was like writing a star rating in there. And this was one of those where I feel like kind of coming at it completely blind, seeing none of the opinion on the Twitter or anything like that. I've got no idea what anyone thinks of it, but I'm like, I was writing like 3.75 on my notes kind of thing. And I'm a bit like, 
where I am. I, I was like, am I writing less than four for Danielson versus Okada? And I, I was like, am I going to get absolutely rinsed for this on this podcast in a minute's time kind of thing? Like, <laughs> just like, it, was just, it was just the way I sort of felt with it a bit, really. And there was, you know, there was, yeah. there, there, there was, there was obviously there was good bits in there, but I mean, circumstance, so I think circumstance yeah, just, had a big part in it. Just didn't did really they, come did, together for me. It just did. Didn't. They say, did they say what? Did they say how far in the match he broke his arm? Like I kind of only. It was maybe it was ten minutes from the end. Yeah, about ten minutes. It was when yeah, Acardo did the elbow. It was Danielson's fault. He didn't tuck his arm. He just left his arm out there, and Acardo landed on it. You know, there's no blame there in Acardo, but that's what Ooh. happened. Um, I, I was going to say Platt makes a really good point in the chat. If you flip the script and Osprey and Omega only had half an hour to go, or they had to cut ten minutes on the fly, would that have been a good? Fair point, fair point on that yeah. regard. But yeah, there was just something about it that just didn't. The, the crowd was tired. I was tired. Yeah. And I was like, it was the only match on the show where I was like almost slapping myself on the face, going, pay attention. This is a Carter and Brian. You know, and now I know in hindsight, it's obviously a lot had to be changed. And, you know, it felt like maybe the chemistry wasn't there to the level I thought it was. But again, that might be because they were having to, you know, to do it a lot on the fly. But like you say, Gareth, whether it's a justified reason or not, and it absolutely is if Brian was that hurt, that doesn't affect the end result, does it? Because I've gone 3.75 at it. That's what it was. Uh, that that's, that's what this match was. You can push me into four. I've got no doubt there's going to be people who loved it. I, I, I'm, I've literally got notifications. I've always got notifications turned on on Jamesy's tweets, but I can't wait for Jamesy to see because Jamesy might see this with a different eye and be like, that's five stars because of what Brian did consider in the arm. And I'm sure he's going to love the genius of Brian applying that finish at the end, having not been able to use his own arm. But I'll go to you, JP. You can't get away from the fact that, though, us at home, I think, and everyone in the building, none of us thought that was the finish. Like, nobody no. bought that as the finish. And that's why it felt ant- anticlimactic. Yeah. You know, that, that was the the core issue, I think, because everyone did have that feeling of, oh, that's it. Um, because we didn't know. We didn't know that what Brian was going through. And you've kind of hit the word there for me. I think that's where I came away anticlimactic, but it's probably because the expectation levels I had inside my head were just far too high. Think considering that like it didn't have the benefit that Osprey Omega had of like, you know, as rightly pointed out by by um Chris in the chat, where saying like, you know, if you cut ten minutes off that, it had that time to breathe. You didn't have to worry about a timing issue because they were going on two minutes. Two hours twenty. The fact that this was a fourteen match card, including the dark and zero hour matches, and this is going towards the end of hour five, you're going to have that burnout. That's a problem. You're approaching like the kind of WrestleMania levels of like putting on big matches towards the end of the card, and then wondering why it's not happening. It's like well, you're kind of burning them out, aren't you? And that's mm-hmm. that's part of part of the issue. And yeah, the. The finish, and they adapted to it, so they came to a credible finish. I think that's where the praise would end up coming in. I'm not you guys. I I just went. I can't give this four because I didn't. I didn't really love it, and it is probably the thing I come back to at the start of it, where that thing kind of does slightly take down the show overall for me. Because you think, well, what's the last thing you'll take? You're left with what's the last match, and it's this, and it is like this image of it. The good news is. Like out of all of this, is that apparently Brian, uh, the the injury is six to eight weeks. Yeah, so be you'd you'd be hoping he's back for all in. That would possibly be the time of the big kind of re debut, probably in some sort of Blackpool Combat Club match in order to kind of help him anyway. He he's banged up enough as it is between matches, and you can oh, see yeah. that breaking point. And 
he was so like, he asked him in the, in the presser about doing a G1, and he was like, eh, maybe that's a bad idea. Because <laughs> yeah. he is at that well, point in his career where he's having to go stretches without taking bumps so he can do matches like this. Because, you know, they know they're going to run this back in Japan. I think that was my other take. This was match one of two, oh. at the very least. There's going to be a re- No way Okada taps out to Danielson and we don't get a rematch somewhere. So at least I'm, I've got that in the back. Like, okay, they can go out a second time and maybe deliver on my expectations. I don't think it's going to be the Dome. Because I think the Dome, for me, feels like it could be Okada Kiyomiya, depending on what happens with G1, and it won't be for a title. And then after that, at the start of the new year, give it that good bit of time. Have it in Japan, though. Like that's the thing is, is like have that match in Japan. It would be a really big deal. I could see them running various dome shows next year with getting the kind of international talent they have access to as well that they'd be able to bring in a that rather than say a G one like you said, which just physically it's just not going to happen. As sad as it is, I think we we've, we've kind of missed the boat on that. But yeah. bringing them over for some like big one off match in Japan now that seems like a lot more likely. And and he and he walks into this as well. And there's. New Japan are good at turning these kind of situations into good angles, don't they? Yeah. Like stuff that happens in match. So I expect they're going to do the same for this. I mean, there were seeds here. There were seeds here at the start where I was thinking, I was re- like, they, they really had me at the start, you know, where like um, Danielson was like working the right arm. And, you know, so mm. it was like, obviously it was, it was trying to weaken the rainmaker for like it later and things like that. I was like, I was enjoying that. I was enjoying a card of trying to like go for lariats and rainmakers and like mm. Danielson, like ducking out of them and things like that. So yeah. there were, there, there were seeds here that they were telling a story that like, I almost feel on another day, another time, if this match had another 10 minutes or something like that at the, at the back end, and he wasn't injured, I could quite easily have been turning around and talking about this as like, oh God, that that was a you know five star match, you know, as as, yeah. as you get into there. I think it's because they they couldn't then deliver on the the platform that they'd laid at the at the start of it, really. And even when you like get to the end and okay, like you know, Danson's having to pivot and like obviously it ends up like using his leg as part of that submission and things like that. I just thought the immediately before that because you could tell that his arm was gone and stuff. It, it, it didn't, it just looked a bit shit, I thought, the way Akada was held down by not very much <laughs> things like yeah, that before. Yeah. Then I was looking at it and I was thinking, that just doesn't look credible. He can just, he, he can he can get out of that fine, you know, whereas you know that the deep Danielson in the detail there would have wanted that to be, he's, he's tight, he's locked up, there's no way he's getting out of this. And, you know, you, you like, you know, that would have been, that would have been the way they would have wanted it presented. But, he made the best of a bad situation to deliver it how he did. Unfortunately, it just didn't look as good as it could have looked like in yeah. reality, if he could have, could have used his arm. So, you know, like, you know, props for him to, you know, braving it out and kind of, you know, on the fly, just changing a few things there kind of thing to, to, to make it work. But, um, Definitely. you know, you think if, if they they come back, they run it back, and if it's a wherever wherever it is, if you know if they go if they go out and just following on from this, and especially with them probably both, I guess if we feel like that, they feel like that tenfold again. I obviously haven't seen the press conference and stuff like that. You'd think Danielson's thinking, oh, I'm disappointed that I didn't that didn't deliver on the way it should have delivered, and and, and things. You think if they're coming out like kind of like motivated for the next match to be like right, we're going to give you the fucking business this time, sort of thing. Then that makes you think next time around they've you know they've been in the ring together, they've laid the yeah, foundation, some certain stuff kind of thing. Next time you think uh, 
it'll be it'll be tippy top. I just hope we I hope we get it. I hope we get it soon. You know, next next six months, kind of next six to eight months. Definitely, and that's it. I think the lads deserve a second crack of it. But you know, we 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 talk about uh, restraint in matches, and I've shown incredible restraint here, lads, as uh, as the chat has pointed out. The one thing we haven't talked about with this match yet that almost made me want to give it five stars from the uh, from the jump um, was the moment when the final countdown started. I could, I was on our, again on our Discord. Chris Platt was there at the show, and he didn't even say. That it was final countdown. He just put something in the chat, like something like, oh my god. It was like when we do the FPL streams and Andy Ogden's like ahead because he's got the mega aerial and he sees goals go in before like <laughs> Sky Sports do, you know, or be or before the people in the fucking stadium do. Yeah, before um, the book is. <laughs> yeah, that's the key, isn't it? <laughs> but it was like that, because like we're all chatting about the show and obviously watching on a stream that's gonna be two minutes away. And Platt's there live, and he was very good about it. He he wouldn't be like, oh, so and so won, or he wouldn't say anything, it'd just be like little comments. And it was something like that, like, oh, my God, or wow. And I just I got grabbed my phone and turned it over because they were still playing the recap video. I was like, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And then that second when the first couple of chords of the final countdown hit, uh, I was so fucking happy. That was the other moment in the show where I was, like, standing, jumping up and down, punching the air. Like, God bless you, Tony Khan. He said in, a, in the press of Gareth, it cost them to play the song once, the same it would cost them to sign a wrestler. <laughs> That's how much it cost that to get final countdown. Let's hope he's going to pay that again for uh, for Wembley if uh, if Danielson does make it there. But it cost him, cost him, cost him, cost him. Cost him fifteen grand then, same as Kip Sabian. <laughs> yeah, probably half of the dark order. Somebody said that in our in our group today. Yeah, just like just start like every time they want to use it, just sack one of the members of the dark order. It'll be fine. Just use that money, pay for it instead. Because it was so like again, we've been doing a lot of retro ROH content, and Tony Khan couldn't be more one of us. Like that took me back right away. Clearly took Brian back right away. He said he hadn't heard the song since 2009 and the last time he'd, he'd actually absolutely used it and I'm sorry this uh, that 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 weird lad with the white t-shirt and the black and the uh, the blonde hair singing I'm gonna go all in. None of that. We want final countdown from now on for Brian Danielson every time he comes out because I want to hear that at Wembley. That is the Brian Danielson song. Like that kind of at the end as well when I was a little bit dejected at the, at the end of the match, then throwing that up and playing it and playing it after the show and stuff like that did get me going again. Um, just amazing stuff. And, of course, anyone who's listened this far knows it was, uh, of course, the intro song to this podcast as, uh, as me and JP scared, uh, saved up. We're paying our uh, five grand uh, to play that on YouTube. Do I have to lose my flat in order to play that song? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's I might actually have to take it out for YouTube. Gra- you Grapple right. Towers is in trouble right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. the, the, Mate, average, the average Hogan, price mate. of an Airbnb in Oxford, that's great. Well, it is oh. <laughs> Hogan-esque behaviour. I would have to 50 say. 50 grand to play, Ryan says here. 50 that's grand to play. Worth it. Fucking hell. Just play the final <laughs> countdown. Play it and tell him to piss off. And then just he sold the rights this week, didn't he? That's literally what happened. Like, Tony Thomas was right on it. Like, he sold the rights to some private group or something like that. And I did see a couple of tweets earlier in the week with people saying, Tony can't get on it. Tony can't get on it. And he got on it. Still paid 50 grand, but, oh, brilliant. It was like, yeah. How much the did they get for those rights is the question, though? Mm. Apparently it's in perpetuity. Apparently can uh, replay it for for years. Can't see it making the video game. More on that next week. But uh, yeah, 
Yeah. Awesome I'll have some yeah. updates on that as well because I made that purchase today. So oh, uh, need to get your gamer tag and all sorts, and us old men have to try and work out fucking do this stuff live. So. <laughs> yeah, I've never said they're on the free feed. I've got a preview copy basically. Everyone's fucking throwing screenshots and Twitter on stuff now. I don't think it's a it's a secret anymore. So <laughs> we talking about that in a few days. But no, awesome moments and yeah, I'll always remember that. You know, Danielson coming out, it felt like punk coming out to way for the AFI for me, got it. Loved it. It was just that of like like when he was stood on the top rope as the crowd sang the final count, like the final countdown, and that's that's just one of the best things about Brian Danielson is like he was just smiling and just laughing kind of thing, and that's like what that's what I love about him. Like as just as, just as a as a bloke, he just can't hide his joy sometimes, and I think that's yeah. like why you get that element of attachment to him kind of thing. It makes him he feels a bit real. He feels a bit more like a real human being in in moments uh, in, in moments like that, and I think that's that kind of like intangible whether it's you know not charisma or whatever it is that just that pull that draw, that draw that you have to him yeah they're, they're just the, the humanity of him it's you know i've talked before about crying when it, you know when he was making his first match back like after he wasn't allowed to wrestle for that many years and like you know sitting there in tears watching him come because you just knew how much it meant to the man just to be able to get his trunks and boots on again and come he come down it. to the ring and have a have a match and just seeing his face and the joy in his eyes and things like that and that was it, just seeing that little grin on his face and just the little chuckle he was having to himself sort of thing you know like it's um, it's 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 it's, it's boss you you need to watch like don't watch the rest of the presser but like the 20 minutes he's on stage it's just a joy because to what you just said then he's one of us like he's not triple h or like you know like a veteran who's like you know who can really work it's the undertaker or you know what i mean it's like no he's like oh, you know who's really fucking good and it's like darby allen orange cassidy pack He's naming these names of like, no, they're the people we, he's like, you know, I hate, I came into AEW and I was predispositioned to think Orange Cassidy was crap. You know, he didn't like the gimmick or whatever. And then he watched them. He came away going, fucking hell, what a worker that guy is. And he yeah. was saying the same thing about you're putting over like guys you like, you know, your Lee Moriarty's, your, your Wheeler Utes, your Daniel Garcia's. He's passionate about the same people hardcore wrestling fans are passionate about. And the fact that like, he was putting over AEW as well. The fact that AEW is his home now, and he's got an influence on this as well. If you believe it, he's helping putting collision together and stuff like that. That's the guy you want on your team. Not one of these bitter old veterans who can't appreciate a Darby Ella match or Orange Cassidy match or or a guy like that. A guy like Danielson. He is literally he's just somehow, despite being probably the best wrestler in the world, he's also one of us and loves the same things we all love. Like he's just a delight to listen to. Oh, and it's like it's like one of the, like I always think of that first wrestling road diaries, the Cabana thing, and it just like where it's just yeah. like Danielson just can I could just watch him go about all day just doing mundane things and just seeing like the joy he gets on his face out of just the most the the littlest things and stuff like that, and just laughing at like absolute like rubbish. I, I, like it could literally just is one of them people who's just is is magnetic. You could just you could just Black watch just. him for, for, forever, and you just. You you want like he's one of them people that you want good things to happen in his in his life, you know. Like so, when you see him get these like moments of joy and that, like you're you're proper with him. Like I love that. Definitely, definitely. You even mentioned possibly working punk again. That's something he's up to. So there you go. There's one main event that can work with Phil. So yeah, I know you take that Garnet. So yeah, based on uh, some of those WWE matches. So there we go. That's your, your two big matches. But we should rewind. Talk the uh, the rest of the card. We'll we'll yeah. save the uh, the pre show. Let's uh, let's start at the uh, the top. And the, 
it feels like this was all the bottom. This feels like it was uh, 400 years before it when the uh, the pay-per-view started, JP. But yeah, let's rewind back to uh, MJF Tanahashi was the uh, the match that, uh, that kicked us off here. Um, I'm looking at the cage match uh, page mm. right now. Um, it's now my it's my grapple replacement. Now I'm actually quite shocked. <laughs> 6.45 on there, which would have worked out to an old uh, 3.25 in old uh, grapple money um, as an average there for this one. Um, I don't know, maybe that's fair, maybe that's not, but I thought this was a really solid opener. Weird shot, I don't know, making it part of MGF's character of, oh, I want to work this New Japan indie bum in the opener, therefore make me the opener kind of thing was, you know, a cute way of, of doing it because didn't belong anywhere near the, the, the end of this card uh, once you eventually got there, but... I enjoyed it. I thought it was a nice little opener. Maybe 3.25 is not out of the realm of uh, reasonable for a, a nice little opener, but I thought Tanahashi was a good opponent for MJF. MJF was a good opponent for Tanahashi, for, for Noni's uh, Tanahashi. I thought this was just a nice little uh, heel-face match to it to kick us off JP. I probably would have gone more like, like three and a half on it. I'd probably be more inclined to say 3.25, if I'm honest. Not because I, I just thought my issue with it is five minutes too long. I don't think it should have really gone more than 10 minutes. And it's, even though Tanahashi was better than the collision match, is what mm. I would say. Like, because I'd, I'd worry. He should have been working twice on a weekend. Like, no, what were they I, doing putting him through that? Like, <laughs> said that on the weekend show. I was like, yeah. like, you can't. And the problem is with this, with Tanahashi, he's doing a G1 soon and all sorts. There is the breaking down. The perfect opponent, I like mm. all of that stuff, Grant, and do this match. It's interesting how the AEW title hasn't been anywhere near the top of the card for the last two pay-per-views, which would suggest that it should be the main event then for All In. Otherwise, that'd be three fucking shows where we, we'll have that in, in place. But in terms of like MJF face, I laughed at the New Japan as an indie on its tights. I thought that was kind of was was great for this. I just thought of this as being like a kind of orthodox heel face Tanahashi match really, and he's got so much goodwill and cachet that he can go, he, this is what he should be doing at this stage in his career, let's be honest. But I even worry, is he at that point in terms of his body where if we look at him in New Japan, he really needs to be on undercards. We need to be thinking about mm. that last G1 run just for the, the kind of sake of him because he is breaking down a hell of a lot. As a match, perfectly fine for, for what it was. Just for me, I just thought this could have shaved five minutes and you wouldn't have lost it. I think I just enjoyed watching MJF heal it up, watch Tanahashi mm. be a, a baby face he was. Um, I, I enjoyed the Swerve match as well, to be honest, on, um, on on Collision. In the end, I thought Swerve showed like a good wrestling IQ when I think Tanahashi legitimately slipped off the top rope and Swerve yeah. went, went up to fight with him to get pushed off to eventually take the pin. Takes one too many pins for uh, for my liking to Swerve. But yeah, I thought they were of a similar level. I, I go three and a half and I, yeah, I, I might have been pushed to go a little bit higher than that, but What's so you want to go? Yeah, I've gone 3.25. Um, so mm. um, right in line with the cage match inmates. And there you um, go. <laughs> love it. Great gang of lads. Ask they'll tell you. <laughs> um, but it was just a, it was like a classic, I don't know, it was like sports entertainment match or something, really, wasn't it? Kind of thing. Yeah. It was just a nice fun opener, like just like heel work, baby face stuff. Tanner played the hits, you know, he got in his fucking you know, he got in the twist and shout. He got in the sling blade. You know, he he got um, dragon screw, clover leaf. He got to see him do all his stuff. Like MJF, you know, healed it up. You know, he was obviously, you know, he was 
cheating to get on top early on and all that, you know, doing stuff with the trunks, holding the rope with the abdominal stretch and stuff. Just good, just yeah. basic, simple, heel face, crowd, like crowd work stuff, winning with the ring and things like that. Tanner got the visual pin on him and stuff like that. So there was that element of like, you know, protection to some degree there if it was a needed on at this stage of his career i don't know but like just i was just like yeah great this is perfect what it need this is this is what it needed to be it didn't you know it's, it's served served what it yeah. needed to serve and set the show off on like a good good note in my mouth in my mind really i was just like oh yeah good i enjoyed that like brilliant didn't yeah. nothing overblown didn't try and do too much not nothing too fucking screwy or anything like that like good start that's it that's the thing. I mean, maybe we should be saying this about the AW World Champion, but you don't necessarily want to see MJF in there trying to do an Akada epic. I don't want to see him in there with Osprey. You know what I mean? I think this was perfect. I think this was this was what what you wanted really to uh, to get things going. So yeah, nice uh, nice little uh, opening match uh, we got here. I did enjoy as the uh, the chat pointed out as well that uh, MJF had a scheduled tweet out last night. JP, uh, Gareth while while the match was going on, he, t- he tweeted. Oh, he didn't mention that on commentary, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. About, oh, yeah. Match will be over by now. Pin this jabroni. Um, yeah. More people should do that. I like that. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I thought that was it. That was very enjoyable. And then, yeah, we went from there into our uh, our second match, which I think I'm going to be way above the average, and I'm hoping that uh, you guys are with me on it. CM Punk and uh, and Satoshi Kojima, like this was. I mean, obviously, by by the time it got to the end of the night, it was kind of like fuck. That match was a long time ago. Remember how much I loved that four hours ago? I'm not saying it was in ring on the level of like an Omega Osprey. But did I get as much enjoyment out of it? I think I did. Because, like, this punk weekend, Gareth, of, like, punk in Canada being reverse Bret Hart. I can't believe he's resisted the urge to do it. This is where we, if we were giving Canada an enema speech, we'd stick the hose in Toronto. Like, how's he not done that yet? That's got to come, the uh, the Bret Hart fan in him. But he just looks this weekend like he has had a whale of a time. Like, me and you, me and you Gareth, at the start, when punk came into AEW, like, it's like the Brian thing. It's like, Oh, you're happy for him to be happy. Oh, isn't that nice? Punk looks rested. Punk looks, you know, his hair looks nice. His his skin looks in good condition. He just seems like a generally healthier bloke. And then six weeks in, when he was still doing, like, you know, jumps into the crowd and, you know, fucking all of that stuff and doing the happy to be there, Punk, we were like, all right, we've seen it now, Phil. Come on, be a cunt, will you? Be a cunt, will you? And (laughs) I know it's taken some pretty bad things for us to get there, but we're there. Because this was cunt punk <laughs> in the best possible way, just lapping it up. And I talk, I'm saying collision as well. It was the same thing, loving every minute of that crowd turning on him. And in the end, like I was disappointed that Kojima was punk's forbidden door opponent. I wasn't necessarily looking forward to Kenta. Uh, but in a way, it was like, okay, well, that makes sense. If he's going to be booed anyway, crowd want to see Kenta kick his head off. It makes sense. I probably would have preferred him against the Tanahashi. I would have preferred him against the Nakata. But in the end, as we're easing Punk back into AEW, I think this was the perfect opponent because you had this mm. absolute fucking prick, like just on the wind up for the entire match against this lovely, kindly uncle that Kojima is, who like who's who's keeping up with him as well. He gave a, a great performance, I thought, as the baby face in the match. They just they had so much chemistry. I shouldn't have been worried about, you know, uh, I was saying to JP on the weekend show, Gareth, when was the last time Punk worked? A Puro guy, you'd have to go back to like the indies wouldn't you and um, but great wrestlers are great wrestlers and they went out there and they just 
had a fucking riot um, for the 15 minutes they were out there. Absolutely loved this one. Resistant to throw a star rating on it, because I think if we're talking fun, as you said at the top, Garrett, I'd go five on it. Maybe in practical terms, I'd go less on what you know what it really is as a match. But uh, I was just grinning from ear to ear from the start to finish in this one. Well, this is probably where I had my biggest concern about my 3.75 on Okada Danielson because I'd mm. previously given this 3.75 because <laughs> because I, 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 I same as you, I just had a fucking big grin on my face throughout. I was just loving every every fucking shit house elements <laughs> of like the punk side of it. even even like right from the, the the start, like the video package at the start where he's like very sincere like you know, he's very sincerely yeah. kind of been dead positive about um about Kojima and you're just like No, you know like that it was yeah. like that's not believable. Kind of like, and then at the end, obviously, with the raising of the hand and all that kind of stuff and the teasing of the which way to go out of the stage at the top, it was like every moment that he could do something and play with something and kind of just just work the crowd a bit or just like <laughs> it was like he took every opportunity that he possibly could there and like like you say, across both collision and this, he just looks like he's at the time of his life uh, this this mm. weekend. Just leaning leaning a bit into this side of him, not going full fucking in your face, full plausible deniability. But just yeah, 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 just just that just that lean and just the you know the reaction, the, the facial expressions to the crowd as they boo him and things like that. All the little minute character detail that CM Punk brings to the table that. 99.9% of other wrestlers in the world don't bring to the table and that's why you love him as much as you love him kind of thing because of those uh, elements there and it just translated to this match a lot of basic stuff a lot of basic stuff but the way it was all pieced together was you, you, you know it was just it was just perfection for what it needed to be and Kojima was absolutely on point with everything that he needed to be be on you know like it, of, of course he was it's fucking Kojima kind of thing but like it was yeah. it just uh, just you know right then the, the fucking Mongolian chops and things like that it was just like just a yeah, great spot between the, bit, 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 yeah. between the two of them there when he was chop, chopping the shit out of Punk in the corner and things like that and the Punk's reaction to it and everything like that going to the other corner, going the corners, every, yeah. everything like that brilliant <laughs> just brilliant like just so simple easy stuff that's what I you know, I always say that's what I love about wrestling, just nice, simple, simple stuff. And don't get me started on um, Punk doing his pecs. <laughs> <laughs> when Kojima did it, I was like, what the fuck's he, what are you doing, you crazy old man? And then Punk tried to follow it up. It's just and as the chat said there, the first time JP has shoot interview has been quoted in a yeah. match. With the uh, Kojima lariat, stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> what a he's that's that we've been saying this these last few weeks. Gareth Punk absolutely has a burner Twitter account that he probably follows all of us and everyone in the chat. No conversation <laughs> goes without Philip Brooks seeing it. Like he's on every message board, oh. he's on every corner of Twitter. Like he knows what he's fucking doing. Like that was that's a spot just to appeal to us, Nobets. Like that stuff. Like, <laughs> Considering we just watched the shoot as well, it was just like that person had dug out your tweet, hadn't they, from like yeah. ages ago with the video, like, the video on it as well. Like, so it was good, very timely. Oh, <laughs> it's just amazing. It's a it's a funny one for this. I, I'm kind of generally with you guys. Like, I I loved this and I loved it because we got Phil the bastard, is what yeah. we got. But again, it's the nuance of it because this is going to be like. 
behind the in reality, we know the the reason why he's effectively turning heel with all of the elite stuff and everything else. But within storyline, this is going to be the inception of all of this. This is going to be yeah, this is where we're like, okay, this is where we're going to witness the next version of CM Punk. This is where it starts from. This is the beginning point. It's the thing he'll cut in promos and the rest of it. We'll, we'll probably get the enema comparison and and everything else there as well. And I think he probably helped the match that he's a fan of Kojima. So therefore, he did like would other if he's wrestling Jungle Boy, is Jungle Boy going to do a Mongolian spot chop? Right, you know, you're not really going to get that. Whereas with Punk, you you've got that kind of general knowledge that he has as well. Help the crowd. The crowd got to get a whole load of CM Punk like shit out of their system early doors, and it then didn't come into really any of the other stuff later on in there. So it kind of no. worked. Apparently they were kept well apart from each other backstage or not. Well, the sides of the arena, yeah. Always you carry Omega was a coward. No one died. It wasn't like a pride show in 2007 or <laughs> fucking Yakuza groups fighting backstage or anything else. Apparently FTR and the books made up, Meltzer said today, so at least there's a at least there's that. But, but we, before we go in... Shout to Kojima though, because this yeah. is the best. I've seen him in Noah and that was the last run he had. And you could like, in terms of those 50 year old lads in Japan, he's the least, one of the least broken down ones. He can have those passable matches. This will might end up being the last kind of really good match of his career. And it was phenomenal. And you could tell he just loved the idea of being in front of like a big old crowd as well, all reacting to him. Something he never really got. I have to say, I saw him win the MLW. I wasn't there live. I I had a DVD of him winning the MLW title in there as well. So it's good to see everyone remembers because like, that's really the spiritual <laughs> home. Talk about New Japan or Ring of Honor now. It's MLW. That's the spiritual home of where AEW begins. That's where Punk and that love him. That's where the homicide show comes from. They, he was in the Indies in that, that period. He was the MLW champion and that generation genuinely looked up to him. So you could, you know, when Punk was like presented, what were the choices? El Fantasmo and Jeff Cobb. I think he was always picking this match and it was. It was the right pick. It absolutely was. I wish the commentary had picked up on a couple of things in the match, specifically Punk doing the Anaconda Vice. Even I know he stole that from Tenzan. Like, come on. That's a gimme. <laughs> like, mention that. Come on, Kevin Kelly. Um, Kevin Kelly was better, by the way, on this night. Yes. I think it was probably the fact that it was a product he watches. Because uh, <laughs> the amount of stuff on AEW, and it's like, like again, I can talk. I didn't know how to pr- pronounce Takeshita at the start. I was going with uh, Takashita. But if you're a commentator and it's your job on AWTV, you should probably have watched enough Dynamite. Yeah. Got to say. Um, but I would throw that out. He was good on the night. They got it right with the commentary teams. Even Chris mm-hmm. Charlton on the pre-show, then moving Taz into there. And then obviously with the hook angle, he goes back and then you get Shivani. Well, I was worried about Shivani appearing on it because I thought, like, I know he's going to do the sting shite. But like after a while, it was like actually he was quite straight laced, and that was probably the nice thing about the commentary. Different from AEW shows where it's about selling storylines and emotions and things like that, they didn't have to do it for lots of this, and I think it just helped. They were able to just call a wrestling show as it was. Definitely, yeah. Um, I, I I enjoyed him on Collision more this week, Kelly. I don't oh, know what it was. Uh, I thought I, I don't know why, but he just felt better on this week. I don't know if he just like if it was the nerves of the first week or he just calmed down a bit or he'd done a bit more research or whatever i just thought he was definitely better week week two he just felt, definitely felt a bit more in his his comfort zone and he was it wasn't as jarring to listen to and but 100 percent like from the new japan stuff i thought he added a he added a lot on this one as you as you'd expect him to do like Definitely. And like, the credit where it's due to be fair to him, like I think my problem with him has been I just don't see him as an A-Mike in American commentary. But I think the bigger problem has been the fact that he's just not familiar with the product. But 
that was the knock when he first came into New Japan, and he learned within like a within a month or so, like he was on it. You know, Don Callis was the same to be fair. So, well, Don Callis mm. was more of a bullshitter, but you know, give him credit there. Um, but yeah, we maybe maybe more on that uh, as we go. But just quickly on, on Punk, because I can't help myself. Um, need to make another YouTube video here. Gareth, um, thoughts on a uh, Punk? Are we going full Brett ninety seven? Is that where we're going? Because that that's got to be music to your ears. The idea that that might, <laughs> that seems to be the plan here. Um, I know you're going to tell me it's a work with the elite, but are we uh, we headed towards that? Is that your? Uh, is that where you are with that now at this point? What are we heading towards punk against the elite? Are we getting that or not? Is that what you mean? Yeah, of course, of course we are. Of course we are. <laughs> I've told you, it's, it's, they're, they're fucking wrestlers. They're, they're in the they're in the business for one thing, cash. And there's fucking there's a big fucking lorry load of cash parked up for them to all get their hands on um, there and there with it with this and a lot of this stuff that's little things that have just been bled out to the press recently and things that some stuff that's some of it feels a bit playgroundy not too harmful and things like that as well like it just it just smacks of work work for me like <laughs> kind of thing and it's just a case of getting in easy him in finish that other storyline uh, that they've got with um the Blackpool Combat Club going on and things like that, and then there's just a just a perfect uh, open goal there, uh, shall we say, for for them. I'm not with you, but I'm not no percent anymore. I'm not even five percent. I'm probably more like 30 percent. That's a lot. That's a big jump for me. <laughs> I'm still seventy percent. It's not a work, and but but it might become one. But there's a possibility there, and yeah, the idea that. Our oh, mate Phil is playing Brett in '97, Gareth. Like that's that, that, that's that's what he's doing, isn't it? He's going to be a babyface in Chicago, heel everywhere else, and he's going to lap it up in these next few months. Whether it's building to that match or not, it's going to be a joy to watch. Hundred percent. And again, I don't know how many times they're in Chicago in the uh, in the next few months or, or, or not. Off. Like, like <laughs> are, are they in there? All out. In, in, which, in, in which case, then it just it just plays perfect for that, doesn't it? Kind of because that was always the the dynamic at the time. Obviously, with the Brett stuff, is that they were in Canada, fucking very regularly, weren't they? So it enabled them to kind of create that dynamic, and it sort of you know it was able to grow a little bit organically as well as um, as well as through the things that were doing by design. If you know if this is the the route they're going down, and as long as you know Chicago stick with him, um, then yeah, it's going to be great to see uh, see see that play out. But I mean, it's just I'm just I'm I'm just ex- excited. This, like you said before, this is this is the punk that we want. We want the fucking embittered, fucking you know, like like the nasty man on television kind of thing. Just been like you, you know, just. His is is what is those heelish tendencies coming out, you know, telling it like it is on his uh, on his promos and things, working the crowd up with the little looks here and there, and just the little stuff that he knows is just going to wind people up. I'm just here for it all day long. It's the uh, it's can't can't wait. That's uh, that'll yeah. keep you watching Collision. There you go. That's <laughs> it. Until Gary Paul pops his shoulder or his knee or something like that. But at least there won't be any stage dives, so maybe we don't have yes. to worry about that. Here too much but yeah the more we see cm cunt on tv the happier i am are we allowed to call the show cm cunt jp or we lose the americans we'll lose the americans on i think we will do that one yeah yeah weird one that you can have a gun uh, though that's all right <laughs> just don't say the word cunt you, you explain that to me explain that to me logically why one of them is deeply deeply more offensive than the other one and the clue is it's not the thing with the bullets <laughs> 
America. What are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, next couple of matches, can't, can't imagine we'll, we'll spend as much time on and um, probably breeze through these uh, these last couple as we catch up. Um, four-way international title are in Chastity, Daniel Garcia, Shibata and Zach Sabre Jr. Could have picked your, your poison as far as belts go. Pure champion in here. New Japan TV champion here. Even your, uh, your PWG um, champion in here as well. Um, but again... Not to, uh, you know, it's usually damning with faint praise, but it's fun the way it's once again for this one. Um, this felt like, do you remember that? Like, there was a WWF 2004 way where it was like X Pac, like Dean Malenko, like Benoit, and I feel like Eddie was the fourth man. And they just went out there and like it was so not WWE to like throw these four great workers in a four way match. And just let them go at it and let them do it. It's a proper like I have to dig out which show that was from, but like it's a it's a it's stuck in my memory that this felt like that. This was like your four under mid cards ish. I know that's you know, slight of uh, Shabasa a little bit, but that that level guy in this match altogether, you can maybe argue, you know, a couple of singles might have been better, you know, with the the, the level of ingredients we had in here, but just the interactions between all four of them were just. Four, four people as well, as well as being really great under like mid card level workers in this company. Four great characters too, who were just bouncing off each other through this one. You're Daniel Garcia. I don't love the sports entertainment stuff, but I do laugh when he does his, his stupid little dance. Um, he is a, and he is also, you know, a fantastic wrestler. On top of that, I love that Chibata clearly loves Orange Cassidy and is willing to to kind of go back and forth with him. Thought Zack Sabre Jr. was great as well. Even he was one of like three or four people on the show who got the wrong entrance theme because AW can never get the shit together as far as production goes. Oh. He had his old theme because on his yeah. way out, he was like, You silly, you silly bastards, that's the wrong theme. Or he said, So he did, it was a Zack Sabre Juniorism, he does it best than me, but it was something like that. Uh, he was kind of like chewing scenery as well. This was just, yeah, a really, really fun match with a high level of work in it as well. Just great character work, great mm. wrestling, just yeah, a joy all around, Gareth. Big time. Thoroughly enjoyed this. Like, um, this is one went three and a half stars on this one. Like, just, mm. you know, where I talked previously about using fun as a bad word, like, you know, often in podcasts. And this was just like third match in a row where I just had a proper smile on my face, just just sat there, just like, oh, fucking hell, I'm just really enjoying this show at that point. And like, it just mm. not needing to be like, ridiculously high level match after match after match, but the stuff that, that it was like, all right, you've got 10 minutes or you've got 14 minutes or whatever, just go out and, you know, you know, just create the most sort of like enjoyable, entertaining match was almost like kind of felt like the script these early guys have been given. And like, mm-hmm. I just loved all the, I loved all the Zach and Shibata stuff, like the, the yeah. stuff where they were going at it, where they were like, um, swatting like Garcia away like they were going at him Garcia's coming and it was just like swat him away <laughs> uppercut him away kind of thing and stuff like that that was just brilliant I was like pissing myself at that bit I loved the bit where like they, they had the abdominal stretches on uh, Orange Cassidy and Daniel Garcia and then while I've got all the abdominal stretches on them, they're like striking at each other. And then it gets reversed and they're both putting sleepers. And then while they're both in sleepers, they're still striking each other. I'm just like, that is just, <laughs> just so good. Like, just brilliant, like, brilliant little little stuff like that. Like, oh, I, I, I just really, really enjoyed this. I just thought, for as far as, like, four ways, again, that can be quite kind of, like, clunky. There can be too much going on and things like that, or people disappearing for too long at a time and things, you know, especially in a match that's, like, you know, relatively short like this. I felt like they all got the right amount of time in. They all got the little bits in. They all got a good bit of exposure. They all did something that was, like, 
you know, entertaining. You wouldn't look at this and go, one guy kind of stood out in this match has been worse for any particular reason, be it wrestling or be it for, you know, the way their crowd interactions or whatever. Just a perfect little showcase for what it needed to be for the spot that it was in the cards that then also left you going, okay, yeah, well, now Orange Cassidy and Sabre Jr. could have another match or Zach and Shavata can have another match there or Daniel Garcia can work with all three of them and stuff. So it it sort of whetted your appetite a little bit for rematches or individual matches that could come further down the line in any of the three promotions that they were all holding belts for at the end there, um, really. So again, it was a perfect, perfect showcase, really. Should be its own little mini division, shouldn't it? Like throw in, throw in, you know, a, a, a Lee Moriarty, throw in a maybe a Wheeler Utah, like maybe not the pure title division, JP, but like yeah, a little lower card division with your, you know, your, your kind of slimline worker types. Samuel, yeah, absolutely. I have to go. We'll have to call this fun bidden door because fun <laughs> is really the key, key here, isn't it? Because that's what this is. Like I've got it written all over, particularly for this match because it. This is when Gareth said not everything was going out there, busting a gut to be set up to be four stars plus and kind of exhaust you. This was just over 10 minutes. It was really fun. It was very slight. Don't get me wrong, like with the dancing and stuff like that, but it's none the worse for it. It didn't drain you at all. It was just like a breeze to watch. And they all were spot on. And because it's constant motion between the four, it's really, really good. It's just a couple of notes on it. Shabazz just back to wrestling in the US. Like, fuck the head. He's not, he didn't seem bothered in the slightest because he took a brain buster during that. Yeah, when you yeah. think of him going back to New Japan and everything else and all the safety thing. That, that was weird. Just, and that came is, out with the New Japan logo behind them, JP. And yeah. I was like, is he a New Japan wrestler at this point, though? Because they don't let him wrestle. Like, <laughs> is he, he's an AW guy at this point. He really is. He's an AW guy as a wrestler. And like, I'm still assuming, like, head trainer at the dojo. And that's just where he is and everything else. Whereas, really, if he's back as a wrestler and you're New Japan, you're thinking, this is a guy you should be for the, like, and, and this is the dangerous game of do you take the risk with him because of everything else from previous history. But if you were in New Japan, you'd be thinking, you should be thinking, what big Wrestle Kingdom slot is he going to have? Like mm-hmm. that type of stuff, like whatever mileage they can get out of him, they can do that. But this international title. Like they just seem to book it spot on. They seem to manage to, but it doesn't matter what you do with Orange Cassidy, it just manages to be really, really fucking enjoyable. And even though this is a kind of another one, we've seen him have these types of matches before and the odds are kind of stacked against him percentage-wise for him to win, they're always really good fun. And he, and it is like being Brian, like what Brian Daniels said, Brian Danielson said, where you doubt him because you look at him and you just think this shouldn't be working at all. It's one of the top fucking acts in the company. He's like the highlight of TV most weeks. Like so reliable it, as well. Yeah, and it's it wasn't a you know one of the few meme wrestlers to just move out of being a meme entirely and deserving of every bit of credit he gets. I mean, I even think him a storyline him pushing for like a world title shot against MJF after he loses the international title that could be fucking great. You book that right, that could be a cracking little storyline. I'm not saying put the title on him. But I tell you what, you'd have people going. Mm. Well, fans I, I mean, of fire aren't I'll just say that. I, I was going to say, like, I was moaning about him, like, oh, and he wins again, and he wins, you know, he's beaten the whole division, he's beaten them all in a battle royal, he's beaten them all in things, and, like, you know, I think that's a, 
that's that, that's one of the things that I suppose where I was having a bit of a moan after that last pay pay per view about that fact and like areas and he, he wins again. But it probably is like how many baby faces in the history of wrestling can hold a title and win as many matches as he's won without the crowd turning on him. Like yep. not not many, <laughs> like you know, it's it, you can't because baby, you know, baby faces always have a limited time, don't they? Before crowds just get bored, bored of him, the masses aren't, are they? They're like, they're like staying with him, you're like win after win after win after win after win, and they're just uh, they're just eating it up. Like it's uh, he's got it, it'll mean, he's got it bob on for the for the main audience, and it'll mean something when he loses it really well, whichever heel it is. It will mean something. It'll be a big moment. It'll be shocking when it happens. Now uh, they've done so many of these. He just about holds on, kind of finishes. I'm, I don't know. I don't even know who it would be. I'm excited for it though. Like that's the that's kind of the beauty of it. It's just the uh, that's how you handle a mid card belt. I think it's uh, it's de- definitely something him and the uh, the company deserve praise for. Old orange bollocks, as Jack as Zach calls him. <laughs> Love that. Uh, although I might have been called that once, twice in my life before. But anyhow, moving on. Um, <laughs> I used to be more ginger than I am now. Um, <laughs> TMI. Anyway, uh, the next match. <laughs> Sonada faced uh, Jack Perry. Um, and there's your analysis of the match. It was a professional wrestling match that happened. Should we talk about the turn? Has <laughs> anyone yeah. got anything to say about oh. the Sonada versus babyface jungle boy Jack Perry match? Like, that was a three star match if I ever saw one. Like, it happened. Flat finish. No one saw it coming off a moonsault. It was just like, what? Yeah. So I was like, thank God for the heel turn angle. That had been the end of the match. My God, that would just been like, why did you bother? What like, a really? It's like, you, well, at least you. make him use his proper finisher on you. Mm. The new finisher that he spent time establishing into winning the <laughs> IWGP title. It just felt really weird for it. Love mm. the fucking post-match stuff, though. Go and say <laughs> that much. It, it it says a lot for the match when uh, you've got the IWGP um, World Champion there, and one of the uh, w- one of the guys who was in the last AEW World Title match, and the most over guy in the match is Red Shoes. Like that's the fucking uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that that was the fucking. He was loving that one. Yeah, hundred percent. But the best thing that I can say about this uh, this match is that it was only ten minutes, and so any yeah. chance that I get to watch Sonata and it's only ten minutes, that'll do for me. Why'd you, why'd you put your world title on? Anyway, we don't need to. We don't need to re- redo Sonata discourse again. The heel turn, like you said, JP. I thought it was well done in the moments. I've got me doubts about him pulling it off long oh, yeah. term, but it was a good start. I was encouraged by the way he dropped to his knees, soaking it in. There was an element of seeing somebody turn heel and immediately feel like there was an increase in confidence. I just thought it was timed. It was done well. It's timed. It kind of took away from the kind of real non-entity of a match that we had just seen, it immediately makes him interesting. Regardless of anything else, it just makes Jungle Boy more interesting to me. Mm. It makes Hook interesting. It's the first proper storyline for him. I'm expecting this might be the storyline where you hear him talk. And it's in, and it's it's just sort of novel all round because it's two of the younger guys. We've, we've seen so much interaction between these younger wrestlers throughout AEW, but these are two that we haven't seen opposite each other. And it feels like it's the first... The first proper feud for Hook, mm. like the first, and that in and of itself makes it kind of in. You've got that. You've got the Jungle Boy element of can he pull this off? That's the the bigger thing. But if if Hook can, if they can make this work, then this is big for both of them. Potentially, the only thing for me in the moment was that when he when he 
when he did it and he hit, he hit hook, like the crowd cheered. <laughs> like, and I was like, you shouldn't be cheering like uh, like that. So that made me, th- and, and then they did eventually switch to like the, you fucked up and stuff like that. But I was a bit like, well, you, you should be getting booed out of the building initially for that when he did it. So I was a bit questioning uh, how how well that was. But obviously they've got a bit, you know, everyone likes a turn, to, like a, a turn sort of thing. So you're always going to be happy to sort of like see something happen. But um, th- what made it for me was just like Taz looking at the camera yeah. and like doing the Great Jack time. Perry, Jack Perry, you're a dead man. Like, kind of like yeah. I loved that. I was just like, oh, yes, like proper into <laughs> proper into And that. he knows... People are waiting for him to react, aren't they? But he played it well. Like I've got a job to do. I can't get involved. But you best yeah. believe, Hook's gonna get his revenge. That that's the line you want to walk. TNA would have had him interfere. You know, it would have been like a he would have chased the jungle boy off. That would have been the, the move. Wouldn't it? Something he would probably do it too. Um, I will say though, for Jungle Boy, like uh, he needs this heel if he's ever going to be anything. Because I've, I've I don't really see it anymore as far as him being more than the Jungle Boy. But if he's ever going to be anything, this is the dice you roll. Maybe it turns out he can cut a promo. I think for the time being, it'd be a perfect project for like a Don Callis. Let Don Callis do the bulk of the talking, but Jack Perry gets little moments, maybe help bring him along a little bit, see what it pulls out of him. I think that's what he's going to need to go for. I don't think they're going to put him back with Christian, but I think he might need something like that. I think cutting him loose on his own, I suppose it's sink or swim, so maybe there's there's benefits to that too, but that's where my doubt is a little bit, but... You never know, there's been lesser wrestlers where, you know, they turn them and all of a sudden this personality comes out that you never saw before, you know. It's uh, it's certainly not impossible. I mean, even look look at Takeshita, for example. I've seen as a good shout to take off the international yeah, time when I make him. Of someone that we never saw this kind of hillside, now he feels it's complete natural for it. Yeah. So you wonder, and that's always the test for any wrestler, isn't it? It's not the face turn that you come in on. It's not the face run you come in on. It's after you, it's when you turn heel and do the fans like you, they think actually you're such a good heel that we're going to yeah. turn you back baby face again. It's when you do that, then you master it. It took Roman Reigns long enough. So I don't know about fucking Jack, fucking jungle boy, Jack Perry being yeah. able to do this, but I at least admire the attempt. I at yeah. least the acknowledgement of, we need to do something interesting with him. So we're going to do this and it's something. And if it doesn't work, I won't criticise them for not trying. What often they've done, leave characters in stasis for a year, 18 months. At least it's not that. He's is, 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 is shit, and he's not going to be any good. Like. <laughs> <laughs> That's that Cumbrian straight talk we've come to love. <laughs> Ricky Starks, two points out. <laughs> is, uh, is, I, I just can't, cannot see it. I, I can't picture it. I can't just, picture it. If you ask me, if you ask me on my mind's eye to go, what does it look like, Jungle Boy, further up the card in a serious act? I literally can't even imagine what that looks like. I can't. Like, and think how many better good heels there are, good talkers than there are than him in the company. Like, even if he turns out to be like slightly above average or something like that, or exceeds our expectations, he's still going to be the. 20th best heel talker in the company or something like that probably <laughs> or something like that i just think he's is is dead going that in aw <laughs> it's, uh, it's uh, dead in, dead in the water dead in the water for me wow. like I, I, I just they'll, they'll have a go with it but he, i just don't think he's got it i don't think he's got the chops at all to to deliver on it but happy to be proven wrong happy to be proven wrong it's always better that way especially when it's something entertaining you win both ways then that's what yeah that's well, how that's we do it, it. 
That's it, you know, we're, we're, we're open to changing our mind. Christian Cage, Juice Robinson, if someone turns out to be Just good, great. Me. Okay, that's Just it. Be good. Me, that's all I want. <laughs> be good. Be, be, be good. I doubt you can be, but be good. <laughs> you be you have a great life as a motivational speaker, mate. You get the, uh, the back out of these lads. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, speaking to Cash then going into the uh, the next match, uh, the Elite versus uh, versus the Blackpool Combat Club team with uh, with Takashi and uh, and Shota Rumen, obviously uh, Eddie and Ishii on the other side. I've got to confess, um, at this moment, Liam put in uh, in our Discord that the uh, the Migos, Offset, and Quavo just reunited on uh, BET again. These words mean nothing to you lads, but it was a very big emotional moment for me since the passion take off so my mind was taken and i spent the entirety of this match watching videos of that as uh, as these two give me blank looks just trust me and liam it meant a lot it was a great moment um but i did rewatch it today so you know i'm, I'm caught up now but uh you've, you've literally just you've, you've literally just said a load of words that you just <laughs> that had no it felt like they had no construct or anything like that you were, you were just saying words there that i was just trying to like Imagine, like, uh, you know, get into order in my mind or something like that, but it just meant nothing to me. There was a third Gallagher brother, Gareth, and then he died. And then Nolan Liam, after feuding for, you know, a few months into death, came back together live on the uh, smash hit stage. I don't know what we have as awards now. That, basically, that, that's what happened. Anyway. There was a the third Gallagher there. brother. I'm pretty <laughs> sure of that. He was the best one. <laughs> is he any good at a guitar? <laughs> <laughs> what I admire about him is he couldn't even be asked. <laughs> he really did. He just went on to leave you two. It was it was it was good at drinking and selling his stories to the tabloids. That was a, so. He was always my favourite of the three. <laughs> I mean, that's hard work. That is, isn't it? Uh, and he probably fucking hated yeah. the Beatles as well. <laughs> so that was probably the thing that drove him off. Uh, but anyway, yeah, there's my excuse to possibly make it the ultra music. I'm sure I'll have an uphill battle on that. But anyway, I didn't see the match live. You lads, what did you make of it? Um, I could I could tell as well though. In, even in my distraction. Everyone was fucking going wild for this match on both on my timeline in the Discord, and you know I had a I had a hell of a time uh, rewatching it today. Lot lot of elements in this match, a lot of disparate characters that you wouldn't think would fit together. You know there was elements of an Ishi match in there, elements of drama with Kingston and Moxley, elements of you know your young book style stuff, but it all came together to make a a hell of a, a ten man tag JP. Yeah, it did. And you kind of, I, I mean, I really enjoyed this. I, I was ex- fully expecting to. And they gave it 20 minutes. And like you said earlier on, like you would have been convinced you'd watch something a lot more epic than that. Totally. But in fact, they managed to fit so much stuff in. And it was 20 minutes because it was, again, similar to the four way, but perfect for this type of a show. It was just like kind of balls to the wall action. It never sort of sat down and rested. It was better than like of the matches going in. I was pretty confident this would be the third best match on the card. I'd go and say it's an easy second best match on the card as well. Um, particular shout-outs for Takeshita, who I thought looked tremendous in this. Oh, he's got a revelation. And really is a serious project. If you're New Japan as well, you want to be asking to borrow this bloke. Like, mm. you want to say, actually, this could mean, in a very different way, this could really mean something. Now, I don't know how that is, because obviously DDT is his home promotion and the rest of it. But he, like, this this combination with Cassie, he just looks like the presence in him as well. Loved the Moxley-Kingston stuff and the interactions in that. That's just, like, a much more interesting, nuanced story of these guys who are going to regularly fight. But then there's the point where he saves him as well from the super oh. kicks from the Bucks. But they didn't go too far into it. I suppose the surprise is that Ishii got the pin, got yeah. to pin someone for it, because you're quite used to Ishii being a 
a pin eater for the most part. But totally, yeah. This was this was tremendous in the sense that it didn't like overexpend the crowd getting closer to kind of Osprey Omega, but just added things up like a, a, a temper the whole way through. And yeah, Wheelie Uter again, really impressing for me. Like each and every time. I just wish he had that physical size and frame because otherwise then it'd be like, okay, if he was just that bit bigger, then he'd be a guy, he'd be going, oh, okay, you could really go places with him in the near future. It was, it was, it was like funny, this one, because like, you know, as, as you say there, the, the Kingston Moxley stuff, they were the, they, they were the main, like the most intriguing yeah. elements of this match. But like going into this match, obviously it was all, the reasoning of it was all designed around Claudio Eddie kind of thing. And I thought, oh, this is the, this match is then going to be used to push the Claudio Eddie storyline onto the next level. But I just came out of this match just thinking, I just want more Eddie Mox here kind of thing yeah. and just, just, just see what that goes with there. So it was a, it was interesting that it, it, it veered the other way. And, you know, like you say, all sort of like the, 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 the nuanced elements of it were all, Mox Eddie stuff rather than rather than the, the the other way around. So that almost acted as quite a nice like red herring to to, to some degree that you know it was set up on set up on that premise because it always felt a bit clunky kind of thing that the Eddie teaming up with them and just the fit with them and things like that. And obviously he didn't he didn't seem happy at the end and uh, end of the match. Obviously with them once they'd lost and things like that. Like it just. It just, um, it, it just, uh, at the end of the result, sorry, it, it just all felt a bit kind of like out of place. But I just, I just think a lot of the, the interactions, the, 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 the talk between them in the ring and things like that, the scenarios that were put into just add me just desperate for, desperate for more. And you just like a, just go with, just push Wembley. those two to, towards something. And if it's, like you say, if it's Wembley, come on, like that's, that, that would just be perfect, perfect match for us. The match as a whole, I don't think I loved it as much as news. Maybe I went like four star on it, kind of thing, and it was sort of a generous four star. I think I would, I would probably say to to that degree. There was some nice, like little bits in it, little bits that I liked, but I don't know. There was a, it was just just felt a bit, you know, it was all action. It was just lots of shit going on, lots of lots yeah. of people just doing stuff in and around the edges, and some of it was like. Went like nicely executed and things like that. Like I love that shooting star to the outside that Hangman did on the oh to while the books held his legs. So I thought that looked great. But then equally, there was a lot of other bits that looked a bit sloppy and a bit kind of I don't know that didn't quite hit properly and things like that as well. Really, so there was other elements there. But at the end of the day, I've come four stars on it. it was a four it was a four star match. It was you know it was it was it was good again. I don't know what like you say. I don't don't know what. If, I think you said there, JP. People are loving it, kind of thing. But you know, it was it was it was good without being upper echelon for me in any way. Do you know what the BCC really need? Who they should have had with them? Gary Taylor Fletcher. It was uh, one of Blackpool's like just to add that Blackpool credibility. <laughs> thinking there. for all in, it'd be awesome if he came out, or if half of the Blackpool squad came out with them. Well, it makes sense then. Blackpool Combat Club. Why is it still saying on the gear? You know, it works out better. This, <laughs> I like the is... gear. I just refuse to buy it because it's got Blackpool yeah. Combat Club written on it. And in this country, it just won't, it will just look weird if you're walking. <laughs> and you know, when you're in Oxfordshire, it would just look so. I like, 
as the chat said there, I like that they came out to Moxley's New Japan theme. That added yeah. like a real heel. They felt like as much fun as Wild Thing is, I think it suits them better. You want it to feel moody and mean when they come out, and that's what that song gives you, doesn't it? Like, and obviously, it. I also love the dynamic of like Shota Rumino just not. Like it's the, uh, the Street Fighter <laughs> movie, isn't it? When Zangief looks at the camera and goes, "Wait, we're the bad guys!" Like it's that. <laughs> like he's got no idea. He thinks they're the goodies. He's like, you know, it's the uh, it's that other skit. What's it called? That we used to use with uh, with progress. Um, Mitchell and Webb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got no clue. It's brilliant. It's such a good dynamic. Yeah, it's funny. I wish they had the look. skull on their clothing that they could <laughs> like refer up. to. <laughs> it's the Blackpool. It's the giveaway. That's the uh, the equivalent of the skull. Um, <laughs> but. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm much higher than Gareth because I, I I think I did have the same reaction because again I was distracted, turned the channel over, which is sacrilege on a pay per view and call it one of the best of all time. That's how important this Migos moment was. Anyway, I'm moving on. Um, but like I did kind of see the discourse of it and maybe did expect even better than I got, even if I loved it and would give it four point two five because some of the talk was like this was possibly the uh, the match of the night. Um, but I can see I, I, I can see why people loved it. There's so many. Again, fun moments in here. So many fun interactions, like you say. Surprise of Ishii winning is only tied with Danielson getting a fucking win in a big AEW match for, for me as far as surprises go, as far as booking goes. But yeah, I, lo- I loved it all. And I love, yes, Echo Gareth, JP, Kingston and Mox. That's the stuff. Yeah. The only negative is the Kingston. I mean, it's not a negative because how cool is it that Kingston's off to the G1? Um, but he's off to the G1. So he's going to be like the best of life he's given TV. Just in the two weeks he's been back, they missed him so much. Like, despite he's never going to be world champion, but he just gives you that just something that, you know, every man, baby face, promo, just life to the show he's given he's, these last two weeks. Like, what was he doing on ROH? What, what was he doing teaming with Ortiz? Like, that was like, this is where Eddie Kingston belongs in the card. A big high profile match with Mox. Different to everybody else. And he cuts his promos differently. And again, to go back to kind of like some of the stuff from even like Dynamite as well, like when he's cutting the promos, he's not frightened to interrupt them as well, just to kind of get that kind of different type of reaction. He's unique in an industry where a lot of people are the same and you can go heel or face with him and it's completely credible. And like you say, it's the everyman stuff. And I think it's, it's like having a really great character actor in your TV show that you just want to see used better. And even though he's not like everybody else, I don't know, I'm going to be thinking of Peter Dinklage in Game of Thrones, where it is like you just want to see them more on the screen. Yeah. And because their characters have an entirely different perspective to everybody else there. And like, and the fact that he doesn't like the Bucks and Hangman just made him instantly more interesting. Say Hangman, who'd had this big feud with them and everything else, and ah, them are mates, really. And then that's the end of that. He blazed that line so much. Like, I, it wouldn't yeah. shock me if his best friends in life were Claudio, Chris Hero, and CM Punk. But on TV, you 100% believe he fucking hates those three men. And it, and he, it, not even just TV, on his Twitter account, in his promos. I'm not a big fan of people working in the media, but he's one where I'll allow that burn the lines because he does that. He blurs those lines. And you might well be best mates with all of these people, but you truly believe Eddie Kingsland, the man, hates them. And he's got that ability that most other wrestlers would come across try hard when they try and do. Yeah, he just, he just brings the, he brings that realness, doesn't he? Everything he does just comes across as real. And like mm-hmm. that's, you can't, like in wrestling, where so much of it, even when they're trying to present it as real, comes across as phony as anything kind of thing. There's nothing Eddie Kingston does that looks 
looks phony at all. Like it always comes across as real. You buy what you're selling, and at the end of the day, that's what you that's what you want from a fucking top, you know top line wrestler. I, I, I can't believe I forgot to mention it though. What about that fucking forearm that Takeshita Ishii with? Like, oh, <laughs> fucking hell. There's a match I want to see. Oh, I haven't that, I haven't seen many a forearm thrown as good as that. If you're going to bring Takeshita into New Japan, that's the mm-hmm. first match you just want to set up because it'd be a perfect kind of way to introduce him into some meaningful way into the storyline. Um, any notes on Tony Stone, Willow Nightingale? Again, another one of the low moments of the show. I thought another three-star, which is not the worst low moments in a show, is it? But it was fine. It existed. It obviously wasn't the A match. Obviously, this was supposed to be a Mercedes, imagine. Like, <laughs> she either come out. I, I was actually half expecting her after the match, but I think she'll be in. She'll be on collision. Punk will have had a word at, uh, at some point. But match itself, functional. Tony Stone busting yeah. a, a nose slash eye kind of made it a little bit more interesting. Um, Willow Nightingale is very likable, but three star TV match, I think, for me. Um, didn't have more to say on it than that. Like last year's Forbidden Door, the women's match didn't feel like a Forbidden Door match. Ultimately, no. it was the best they could do with the circumstance they had and what the original plan was to have Mercedes Monet in there. The fact that Willow Nightingale is, given the scenario, is probably as good as you're going to get if you're not going to bring someone in from Stardom, which is ironic because I think the thing is they've set up a match with her and Julia challenging for the New Japan Strong mm. title um, when New Japan Strong is in um, Kurokuin for some reason. Mm. I don't quite know why. Um, and that's an interesting dynamic because if she wins that, is she going to be over in the US a little bit? Is that someone that they're going to try and introduce into the AEW ecosystem? I think that's something to keep an eye on because that's always a direction they can kind of find themselves going into as well. But the match itself, like I say, Three stars. I like Willow Nightingale, but this is just a match. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've, got, I've got, gone three stars as well, and like, but like that, like that's good. Like I, yeah, to be know, fair, yeah. in, well, in, 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 in amongst all this, you know, that's that, that's good. And like, just while I'm on, I just like I just think Willow Nightingale is just someone who's just like she's almost like the one of the most improved wrestlers of the last twelve months to me. Like I, I like I couldn't. I, her in ring, I couldn't see. I, I thought I thought she was poor like a couple of years ago, and then I thought she, character was carrying her. But I think her in rings fucking accelerating at, at a rate like that. I, I think she could be a pushed right, <laughs> which is a um, which is a <laughs> poisoned uh, statement with Tony Khan and AW. But push right, I think she could be like really, really big, big. Big, big baby face for them. You know, I keep saying, like I've said before, the Bailey comparisons and things like that. She's so engaged and so over the crowd. Her ring work's getting a lot better. She lands, you know, she lands a lot of like big offense when she does as well. So she's got that kind of like fun side of her with from the, you know, good crowd engagement as a baby face. People don't, people seem to want to see her as opposed to being tired of her as a baby face. And, you know, she can, she's, she can deliver. I, th- I, th- I think she's money in the future. I do. She's Bailey esque without the infantilization part of Bailey, where they would act like she was a child. Yeah. That innate likability, and they just go. With it. You think of the homegrown, like kind of women's division stars that they have. Like she's very much like kind of number four, but you got to consider number three above them are going to be Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, and uh, Jade Cargill, who mm-hmm. have all been pushed very, very heavily. But I think for me, she fits into that number. 
ball slot like quite comfortably above like a Thunder Rosa now at mm. this stage for kind of and she gets reactions. She does. She does the gets reactions and she she's got a bit of for as fun a character is there's just there's a bit of grit there, there's a bit of there's a bit yeah. of toughness there kind of thing as well that I think it it, it complements that side of it quite quite well. But I'll I'll stop on my Willow Nightingale flag, <laughs> flag waving session. They need someone to wave a flag for her for that women's division. Maybe she can be the uh, she can be the one. Um, yeah, I don't think collision has helped either. Um, I, you know, yeah. If they can get it over, if they can bring in, if Mercedes is coming in, I think she'll be. Yeah, she's a gigantic. She's not a star in the sense of oh, Soraya. She's big on Twitch. She's a name people remember from ten years ago. Sasha Banks remains a big name in wrestling. They land there for collision, and they do something with her to, to, to put that belt together. That's when there's an argument for women's wrestling on AEW. I don't want to see more of this AEW women's division, but there's a way the women's division that you could theoretically want to see more of. Um, and it just takes stick a, it on rampage. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, there's that. Or as Steph pointed out in the uh, in the press thing yeah. last week, I saw that got picked up by a few outlets and dismissed by uh, some others when it shouldn't have been. But like. Just get a woman in the room. Tony Khan, Tony Khan can't possibly be, can't possibly book everything in this company. I think that women's division would benefit from somebody who maybe understands how women talk and speak and act, um, you know, <laughs> rather than just constant, you know, beatdowns with green spray paint, which is basically the creative direction of this entire women's division. Um, there's got to be something they can do there um, that would make it stand out and make it worthy of more TV time than it is. Uh, it is currently. Um, but yeah, I was going to say um, the only thing we haven't covered on the main cards yet is the uh, like I said, keep alluding it to it the, uh, the 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 six man uh, Derby Sting Naito uh, against uh, Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and uh, Minoru Suzuki. Um, never thought I'd see Minoru Suzuki and Sting go back and forth. Uh, Naito couldn't be asked and turned up in his t shirt. Oh. Sting was a little bit behind the pace, but God love him, he tried. Um, and Jericho was crap. Um, that's my thoughts on the match, JP. <laughs> weak, weak, the weak moment of the show. This was this was yeah. the one that's below three stars for me. This was like two. <laughs> I think it was just the shit the bed here. I thought it was it was an. I think I, I saw um, somebody say on Twitter this was the fair. This was one of the first Sting matches in AEW where like the good vibes of Art oh, Sting just didn't carry it through. It yeah. just it didn't work for one of the first times I can I can think of. Mainly notable for the botch of him not being able to roll off the table at quick. But then you look at his age and think, well, so of course that's the fucking case. <laughs> it looked not horrible. far off pension, age. Oh, he took, he took a six thirty like full on. Because that, because Sammy was doing it, thinking he was going through a table, so he didn't even protect Sting in any way. Just fucking smashed through him. God love him though. Steve Borden got up, fought him off, and in the presser, uh, got pushed. Is Wembley retirement match? No, apparently wants to carry on wrestling past Wembley. So, God love him. I'll take more. But like, we've got to be in the last year, haven't we? Like, we are. There's only so. I think if that's the case, we're getting Sting Jericho or something along those lines. That feels Mm. like or. You know, something going towards that side of it. Yeah, this was as soon as I saw that Naito couldn't be asked. He's happy to wear the suit and do the entrance, and then underneath it, he's wearing a fucking t-shirt underneath a suit. It, I wanted to wear a t-shirt, like I thought, just to take out of that evolution recording that we did last night. Even we so I thought I don't like wearing suit, and even we bothered. Like, okay, <laughs> like you just look at him and just, oh, just, just he can't be asked. Can we stop convincing ourselves otherwise, regardless of whether or not you really like him? 
the highs are high with Naito when he has a bank, when it's like an Ibushi match or yeah. something. It's like, I just can't, like, there's people out there who build an entire personality around being Naito fans. Like, I know we do it with Punk, but or at least I do it with Punk, <laughs> but I just, so I can't, you know, glass house here. We but admit, it's imagine sure. we, admit it's that, we talk about yeah. fans all the fucking time. Yeah. You know, I just can't imagine being that passionate about Naito. You know what I mean? Because, like, for, the, for yes, the, the high highs are great, but you got to put up with year round this. <laughs> I'm not that interested to pull it off. I just don't care. Maybe this is my bitterness, but I always add it to the list of ways that wrestling fans seem to infantilize. Keyword for me this week, uh, infantilize Japanese wrestlers at the time. We saw it with Ibushi. We see it with Naito. Treat them like these protected little children and the rest of it. It's like the lad's near 40 and he's wearing a fucking T-shirt to the big wrestling show with 14,000 people there. Couldn't be asked to take that off. Like, come on. But yeah, you're not you're not taking on MK McKinnon. You're in an AW fucking pay per view. <laughs> you know, like, come on. Wear the t-shirt over against MK McKinnon all fucking day. <laughs> like, yeah. don't even get out of the suit. <laughs> Any thoughts on the pre-show, JP? Um, before we go, I'm guessing you didn't did um, you watch it, Gareth. You are a completist, actually. I shouldn't be shocked if you did. No, no, I didn't. I didn't have. I didn't have time. And by the sounds of it, my on paper decision to skip the six man was the uh, the right one of all the matches I chose to miss. That one looked like it was going to be the biggest dog of the card, and um, yeah, sounds like it was. So I may not be the uh, completist who goes back and watches that one. Although that six thirty's got me intrigued, so I'll probably fast forward to that. <laughs> Yeah, gift mate, you saw um. <laughs> the pre-show. I thought was actually, in fairness, like it just didn't. And it's the only way to take it is in summary. It was fucking packed. I've seen some yeah. of these pre-shows. I have one match on it. This had four of the stuff that's on there. Someone else I've been impressed with from what I've seen of them, and it's a shame because she kind of hides in a purgatory as Athena. I thought Athena versus Billy Starks was good as a mm. match. I haven't really seen Billy Starks, and obviously it's a name that you're very familiar with because it's. The idea of she's just out of high school and she's going into wrestling and apparently she's very clever, which is all I want to say is go to fucking college. Yeah. Don't be like, seriously, get that back up in case this wrestling thing doesn't work out. That would be the, the <laughs> only bit of advice. Uh, there he is, Dad JP, coming out here. But Athena's <laughs> shit-kicking style, kind of like, yeah. no, like really brutal side of it, I just thought, I kind of want her to win this just because it's someone different and it would just be get her out of a ring of honor purgatory because she is better than that. And she's just made those kind of subtle changes. She's got that more creative freedom and she just feels a lot more interesting. The other stuff on here was generally fine. Like that's yeah. the thing. Is anything that's going really much above 3.25, three stars. Oh, I do think they should have, like if Tom Lawler was going to work to Pentaco, should have made should, if, if they had room for him on the paper, they were allegedly they should have made room for him on the pre show. Um, but outside of that, yeah, it's good to see Swerve get a win in the multi man. Like, that's yeah, say that. that lad does want way too many jobs. Still, he's a finish. If you'd have seen that, Gareth, he'd have been fuming. You had uh, poor Rocky Romero sat up there waiting for the double stomp for about three minutes while he posed on the yeah. top rope. It's the worst part of his game. I don't understand it because I, I love him elsewhere, wise in the uh, in the ring, but. At least they got a win. I'll take that. I won't complain yeah. too loudly. And then, yeah, uh, El Fantasma was too great. And was just there. And the main events of the pre-show, LIJ versus United Empire, um, look best on paper. Hiromu and Shingo, you know, mixing it up with yeah. uh, with Kyle Fletcher and the lads felt felt like it'd be better than it was. But it was it was a New Japan six man. Um, that's what it was. But better than the, the other pre-shows they've done recently. I just yeah. I love RJ City. Like he's amazing in the uh, the YouTube show he does. If you've never seen it, it's the type of thing. Like remember when you were really into it, being the elite for a little period, uh, Gareth because of the Dark Order. Then you get a kick out of RJ City. Like the interviews he does. Yeah, he's just on the wind up. Like 
you know, Poe face, but asking like ridiculous questions to people, mm-hmm. like trying to Break wind between two up, ferns, or, isn't it? Yeah, he's brilliant at it. I just don't see what his use is on telly. <laughs> like, I just as good as he is at that. Like, I don't. Him and Renee don't really work as this pre-show banter couple thing. No, he's not serious. I, I like him, mm. but I still feel I need to find their use for him mm. because he adds welcome levity and everything else to it. And the fact he's a former wrestler and everything. He's, he's, he's like a good personality to have around. There's something about him that is There's just something you that, could do with him. Surely he's something. that bit funnier than most wrestlers who let's face Definitely. it. A lot of them, the high point of comedy was saved by the bell. Like <laughs> that, the, 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 those kind of lads really, if we're going to be brutal about it. So I was I more think, of a hang time kind of guy, but you know, I like to say about the belt. <laughs> California dreams. Only because in that sex there. lies and headlocks book, they talk about all of the WCW roster surrounding. Was it Mr. Bell? Is it Mr. Who's the, Mr. Belding. Mr. Belding. Mr. Belding. Yeah. Big surrounding him on a plane. Like, and, and Screech was a wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know how we got on this, but anyway, yeah. Great show. I liked it. Didn't like the new class. Um, so there you go. That's it, really. Is there anything else? Anything we have on, uh, covered uh, on the pay-per-view? Anything else? One last thing. To mention? Japanese ring announcer, and we haven't mentioned it, but seeing our man Neil Flanagan in in the Fucking front row near um, Brandon from Remember New Jersey. Remember the cast, Tony? Should have been paid a wage. Him and um, Brandon from New Jersey, like in Rob Pearson, just on camera, like every two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Uh, was and so seeing Davey on collision, sat yeah. directly opposite the hard camps, seeing Davey in the Hawaiian shirt and everything, when all the Poison <laughs> Rana guys out there as well. And I heard Forbidden. Paul was just like made up that one as well, well for them. and oh, that nice which mm. like I want to say congratulations to um, mm. to Poison Rana and Post for that because that is like like massive well done and it just made me think oh great yeah this is going to be tremendous when we get the chance to do iLive show with them yeah and you can't buy tickets because it's sold out too um, <laughs> so there you go there's there's our plug anything else from you Gareth anything else you wanted to mention uh, before we go anything else AWS don't think so. I think we've covered it off. Cracker of a pay-per-view, I would say. Just feel... Uh, I think we've, we've got different levels of how, how good a pay-per-view you see it, but cracking time, wasn't it? I feel I felt really positive coming out of this weekend, yeah. just as a as an AW fan, as a wrestling fan, as a Migos fan. Just, um, I've had a smile on my face all day again. <laughs> Maybe it's the lack of sleep, but yeah, those are the pay-per-views that are worth staying up for. Those are the pay-per-views that are worth for you guys, you know, given six hours of your day when you probably have better things to do today, Gareth, you know, that's, this is what, you know, in, in a lesser version of the, the Joe Lanza speech, this is what we live for, isn't it? This is the stuff. We spend a lot of time moaning about wrestling, but isn't it nice to just have a nice conversation? I was like, yeah, that was good. That was good too. That was good too. Enjoyed that, yeah. wasn't it fun? hundred <laughs> percent. That that was it with this show. It's just like how many times have I said, as you've gone through the matches, I was just sat there with a smile on my face kind of thing. And that is, that's what you want. At the end of the day, we're here to be fucking entertained, aren't we? Kind of thing. And just like uh, get lost in something that you enjoy and, that this show absolutely did that pretty much uh, pretty much start to finish really so can't say uh, can't say can't say fairer than that can you Exactly. Well, yeah, on that note, I suppose, yeah, we'll do some uh, plugs before we go to our uh, post-show with our patrons. As we said earlier on the show, Joe versus Punk still out there if you haven't uh, listened yet. Uh, and do the homework too. Three matches, well worth getting into because we are getting Punk and Joe coming up 100% the block of that uh, of that Owen Hart we tournament. Are. Very much leaned in that direction, don't they? I don't love it happening. I think it's some shit town they're in that it's coming up. It's not Chicago. It's not like, you know, like it, I can't remember what the name of the town is. I don't know if you know, JP. It's not Boston, but it's somewhere. It's somewhere where it's just like, oh, that's where Joe Punk 4 is going to happen. 
Uh, maybe it won't. Maybe, you know, Joe will slip on a banana field. And, not oh, Dayton. Yeah, it's not Dayton. <laughs> <laughs> Saying that, yeah, that was the uh, the home of the first match. But if you want to see those matches in prep for that, um, absolutely uh, check out uh, that mixtape there. And yeah, as we were talking about, I've got the uh, Evolution Deep Cut uh, coming out uh, this week. Time is on the free feed for everybody to uh, to check out. Going to have a Global Force Wrestling uh, uh, Redux uh, look at coming up. Uh, we're doing a lot of homework for uh, later this oh, week, yeah. JP. All of the stuff. Um, yeah, NFL's plug, JP. Anything else you want to mention? That's it. Patreon.com forward slash grapple. Go there. We've got the daily updates. We've got the weekend shows as well. Pre and post shows. And we've obviously got time out at the moment as well on YouTube yeah. for free. And if you want the full uncut video version where Good YouTube point. don't inexplicably say, oh, yeah, take everything out. Because, <laughs> I don't know, today we care about the Deftones, which I'm pretty sure they haven't given a shit about the Deftones the entire time that YouTube's been in existence. But here we are. Um, go there. Yeah, Patreon.com forward slash grapple i just want to throw a quick shout out for the uh, alan farrell's uh, show on the uh, on the torch this week pro wrestling paradise while we've been recording he's put the tweet out so it's up what's on the telly and um, we looked at uh, an episode of roh on a uh, hc net which was a, a great trip down at uh, memory and i think it's episode 15 um all kinds of names on that one the young books making their uh, roh re-debut um claudio's there danielson seth rollins tyler black Who's who are names? Unfortunately, commentated by Slap the Porpoise uh, himself, Mike Hodgewood, which I know is a is a JP favorite. We'll do month one on that at some point. I think ROH and HBO on it. Yeah, yeah. It's not my <laughs> ROH, but it's a very it's an interesting ROH to go back and look at and um, trying to take the square peg of like indie ROH and put it in a TV round hole. It's a uh, it is interesting. Um, so yeah, we we covered that and we also looked at a at a nitro from uh, from June nineteen ninety six that we had that, uh, a very fun chat on and played the uh, the the age game where I found out that yeah I have now passed the uh, the age of Arn Anderson in uh, in nineteen ninety six. He was thirty eight um, at the time and I am yeah now thirty nine. So that one hurts, but. Yeah, one of our, you know, that's right up our street. One of our, one of my favourite chats I've had. And yeah, on top of that, another quick uh, bonus show that might be uh, dropping on the uh, the feed this week. But more on that later. JP and Gareth don't even know what I'm recording tomorrow, so yeah, there's uh, something else uh, coming soon as well. But yeah, on that note, anything for you, Gareth? And you want to plug any shout outs? Subscribe to the YouTube. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> we're about forty away from being able to monetize it, so you oh. know we're not going to make our millions, folks. But it would help, you know, if anyone out there doesn't subscribe. Not that hard, is it, lads? Just press yeah. subscribe. Seriously, turn off notifications. I don't even care. I'm not even going to be one of them YouTubers. You don't even have to ever watch a video. Just you know, help us out. Get us Just over press, the air. Press a button. Click one there button. That's all you got to do. Click a button. I'm not going to be Cheaper messaging you saying, "Oh, come on, watch this video." I'm not going to do that. Watch it at your own <laughs> speed. Just click <laughs> subscribe. Go. All right. Thank you, lads. You know it's a labour of love, that YouTube. Uh, there'll be uh, plenty of uh, clickbait uh, coming out of this episode later. Um, most of it surrounding Gareth's, uh, frankly, offensive opinions about Jungle Boy and uh, other people like that. I'll find a way. <laughs> Jungle Boy is shit clickbait uh, going up on the YouTube this week. But yeah, check that out. Check everything else we got coming out. But other than that, yeah, we'll be back for uh, for Spotlight next week. Matty joining us. Uh, I'll be live at uh, Money in the Bank at the weekend, so we'll be, I'll give the uh, the live take on it on that last next Monday. Um, I did forget to mention earlier in the show um if there is anybody out there that uh has a spare for money in the bank or is just otherwise trying to sell one or here's of someone with one you know how much matty um, loves that story um and it would be a travesty if i'm in the building and matty isn't so yeah he's on the lookout for a ticket so message one of us message matty let us know if uh 
anybody what? else at a, you, you mean you're not going to give him you're not going to give him your ticket oh ben what it's complicated because <laughs> it's not my ticket <laughs> I, I might be pretending to be media um it's a long story i'll tell well, you that. anyone should be doing media for that it really should be matty now shouldn't it <laughs> <laughs> all right i know i know we'll get him in we'll get him in i promise we'll find a way so yeah and if anyone's at the 229 next week i'll be there next sunday too so uh say hello but yeah outside of that we'll see you soon thanks for tuning in to our patrons now in the post show. Raindrops, drop top, drop top, smoking on cooking the hot box, cooking, fucking on your bitch, yeah, that, 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 cooking up dope in the crock pot, pot. We came from nothing to something, nigga. Hey. I don't try nobody to grip the trick, nobody. Call up the gang and they come and get gang. Cry me a river, give you a tissue. Bad and bullshit, bad, cooking up dope with a oozy. My niggas are savage, ruthless. Savage. We got thudders and hundred rounds too. <laughs> My bitch is bad and bullshit, bad, cooking up dope with a oozy. My niggas are savage, ruthless. Hey. We got thudders and hundred rounds too. <laughs> All set. Woo, 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 woo. Records on records, got backers on backers. I'm riding around in a cool, cool. I take your bitch right from you, you. Bitch, I'm a dog. Woo. Beat down her walls, loose. Hop in the fall. Woo. I tell that bitch to come, come for me. I swear these niggas is under me.